0: We're back, folks, for another Completely Unnecessary Podcast for t- 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 Tuesday, April 19th, 2016. I'm here with Ian Ferguson. Howdy. And I'm here with myself, Pat. country We have a lot of stuff lined up. <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about lots of goodies and news in the modern gaming realm. Retro gaming. Movie news. Such as AMC making a boneheaded decision and walking it back about their theaters. <laughs> we'll be talking the PS4.5 Neo specs and details revealed. Uh, Video Game Olympics, but not in the style of the Epics Classics. The Zapper-style Glock being made. Uh, we'll talk talking a couple of trailers, Civil War reviews, Q&A. We'll unbox some
1: gifts from the audience. Ian, what's going on? Well, not a whole lot. Just training in some new people. Well, a new person. Some nude people? Nude. Yeah, no. We're training in a new employee, and that's actually going really well. Um, we've been getting ready this week because we're doing the first buy two get one sale of the year uh, this weekend. We do two a year, usually one in April. Is it, uh, has it been six months already? We always do them in April and October, okay. roughly. Okay, oh, wow. So, yeah, we've got one this weekend. I always miss it. Uh, um, more importantly or more exciting to me, uh, I am heading off to uh, Buffalo, New York uh, next week to do a convention called Little Con 3. Um, It's going to be in Buffalo. Um, I'll be there. Uh, it looks to be packed full of actual gaming events and competitions. So, if board games and tabletop games are your things, that's going to be really well represented. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also looking forward to seeing my family again. Um, I'm from Buffalo. I haven't been home in a year and a half. So, it'll be nice to see that. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, everything's going well. What was that? Okay, my turn? <laughs> he sort of roughly stopped. Well, I mean... Everything's I, going well. I'm boring. I'm boring. I'll, I don't, just, I, I, I don't have the, a lot to the say The way right you right ended now. that
0: sentence was not like a declarative. Everything's going well. You went, everything's going well. Like, comma. Yes. Away i for the next one. I was like, okay, you're not talking anymore. I'll practice my speech. <laughs> yes. Really strange <laughs> buffalo pattern you have there. <laughs> Shut up. So, um, uh, the, the book's available at UltimateNES.com. The digital is done. I'm proofing revision five of the physical proof because I went through one more time and I was like, oh, I can change the size of that bubble. Then I saw literally a missing word, not a typo, a missing word in the Roller Games review uh, randomly. Say, so, okay, I put that in. And once I a change is that big, okay, I might as well Put it back
1: in. Don't forget the addition of the ever important to me Mahjong game that you. Uh,
0: I did put that in. That I, was to be, I was supposed to have everyone guess what the big change was going to be, but Mahjong oh. was put in. Yes, that was the one. Of the, that was revision three. Why revision three was done over the weekend. Um, <laughs> so other than that, there was also I figured there was something that always bothered me with the Wheel of, Wheel of Fortune featuring Vanna White and the um, Super uh, Super Jeopardy because they had the same graphic style. Yeah it looked like it was programmed by the same team. Right. But when you go online, one says it was done by Imagineering. The other one said it was done by a, a, a Magic Design, or Magic tech Design. And when you turn on the games, when you turn on the Wheel of Fortune, featuring Van O'Wai, it says it's programmed by David Wiebenson, audio by Imagitech Design. Okay. Meaning it wasn't developed only by Imagine tech Design. Right. Either that or this Mr. Wiebenson decide I want to put my name separately. Th- so then when you check the Super Jeopardy, it just says, it says all four people that work on the game. David Weavenson programming, then two people working on the code, one person on the audio. So I have a dilemma. A stupid dilemma, because who cares about who developed these two games, but now I'm anal and I figure I'll, it was bothered me in revision four, I might as well fix it. So I found no good evidence that Imagineering and Imagine Design did the full developing on both titles, so I just put the individual people down for the one game, all four people, since they're on the fucking title screen.
1: I had to do that you know. for, uh, I think it was, uh, Cybernoid. There okay. was no real answer, so I, I simply listed the main developer because it was the o- the main coder because it was the only so, it was the only person.
0: So this David Weavenson might have worked at Imagineering at some point. Maybe uh,
1: Imagineering was like his main band, and iMagic was the side the side project. Oh no, is that's the major revision of Revision Five that
0: <laughs> that is coming out? And, and the missing Roller Games word. So that's like Version One Point Two Two technically. That's going to be out. I got to upload that for the digital and new digital folks that have it. The same code works. So, like, Ian, you can download... You can read the book that you worked on. You don't look at my videos, but you can look at... The, did you look at the book at all?
1: Not yet. Oh, my fucking God! I, I'll read it... I don't have oh anything... My God. I don't have anything good to read it a on! A
0: computer! You can look at the PDF on the computer! That
1: hurts my face. I'm about to hurt your face. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read, it. I'll read face. it on my iPhone on the way home. I
0: should have known that. I have known that. You wouldn't even look at something you worked on. Um, okay. There's also a new NES Punk video in the works that I'm going to start writing soon. It might be a two-parter. We'll see. It'll be fun. Get back into that mode. I also want to quickly mention, uh, my good buddy, Brent, uh, Black, known as Brent O'Floss. He's working on this, uh, this game. It's a combination console game. You play like on your Wii U or computer. But then you use your phones to actually input the answers. It's like a multiplayer game, like four or five people party game. Um, and then it's called, uh, use your words. And there's four mini games. There's like a hashtagery game, sort of like hashtag wars almost. Uh, From uh, uh, at midnight, and then there's uh, like a there's one game where you fill in the blank, almost like a Mad Lib sort of thing. Uh, There's one game uh, where you look at uh, a movie clip and you put in the subtitles for it, like a foreign movie clip. So
1: that sounds a lot of fun. So it's
0: actually a pretty cool idea. It's it's been demoed uh, and worked at, uh, at MagFest, and I believe one other convention I can't think of right now. So
1: check it out. What I love uh, about this sort of stuff is that it uses the Jackbox style, which lets anyone play using a phone as a controller. So you can have a lot. Some yeah. of these games can have two players. Some can have four. Um, some can be designed to have a ton of players. But what's cool is these types of games are designed with, with streaming in mind. Yeah. You can actually stream the game, and anyone with a phone anywhere who can see your TV screen can play along.
0: So check it out at useyourwordsgame.com. It's useyourwordsgame.com. Dot com. and speaking of that's a mention we have a sponsor to you.
1: Yes, we do. Our good friend Jerry from Embraceware. Can I say it for once? No. No. Hey guys, Jerry here from Embraceware. <laughs> we have a new game coming soon which is named Wee Man Sniper. If you would like to be notified when the game is released, enter your email address at weeman.com. That's w e e man.com. It'll be available on iOS Android, Mac, and PC. As always, you can get a sneak peek of what we're working on by checking us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at slash embraceware on each. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry.
0: So so we're going to lead off with something that we sort of mentioned before about we might have these sort of weird hybrid intergenerational machines coming out from uh, Microsoft and Sony. And we have confirmation pretty Solid, from a couple different sources, from Giant Bomb and Eurogamer, that we do have looks like on the on the horizon, a PS4 upgrade console.
1: Yes, codenamed the PS4 Neo. It took me a minute to realize that the VR was codenamed Morpheus. So we've got a little bit of a Matrix thing going on. Today. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah.
0: There's a, so so what you're looking at is uh, an upgrade on the uh, clock speed of the core, so there's eight cores, eight Jaguar cores, so right now they're 1.6 gigahertz. The Neo will have them at 2.1 gigahertz, so that's a speed increase, do your math, Kitties, of about uh, 33%. Right there. Yeah, 1.3X, it's right next to me on the chart. (laughs) I'm doing math in my head unnecessarily. Uh, Then you have your, your graphics card that's going to be clocked as 18, I don't know what this means, 18 Radeon GCN. I don't know if that's a core, I don't know, that Compute units at 800 megahertz. Compute units. 36 <laughs> improves. Uh, double the amount of whatever this GCN means. Um, oh, excuse me. Is that memory? Oh, no. That is that is the GPU. So it's going to be a 14% increase, but an increase of three po- uh, 2.3x in flops. I'm not sure what flops is. It sounds like a nice pancake uh, combo move.
1: You know, I've been craving pancakes
0: so much lately, and so, I've been refusing to let myself eat them. So your boost is 2.3 times the flops on the new PS4 Neo. And this is, this is a, uh, an improvement here. The same type of RAM, but uh, quicker, uh, band or more bandwidth, it looks like. So you're going to go from 176 gigabits per second to 218. So it's 24% more bandwidth and 512 meg more usable memory. So what does this mean? This means that what uh, Sony wants, besides getting your money to get a, you know, in-between-generation console, is that they want to then have developers and publishers going forward once you get to towards the end of the year when it's supposed to be released, supposedly.
1: October is when they
0: say... What they want to do is have, I guess, at least their marquee games have two different modes in order to attract people to buy this. You're going to have your base mode, which is, all oh, your crummy base PS4 graphics, and then your Neo mode, which will probably, you know, more textures... You know, um, higher res models. You know, maybe better frame rate. So then you're going to have two different ways to play these games. Almost like having a computer and having graphic card settings.
1: Right. So what it what they've stated is, if these rumors are to be believed, and these are basically all but confirmed, um, or perhaps have been very recently. Um, every game starting in October has to have two modes. It's not just their marquee games. What's being reported is every game has to have a base mode and a Neo mode. Um, they've set, supposedly, some very strict guidelines for it. And these are things that I like. Basically, that um, beyond graphical and performance enha- enhancements, one of the big ones being what you mentioned, which is a higher resolution... Um, and and, and I, a, a, uh, what they are saying is it has to have the same or a higher frame rate than the base model to be considered a Neo mode. So what you're going to get is you're going to get a better graphical performance and perhaps smoother gameplay. It's not allowed to have additional features. Basically, if you do not buy the Neo, you are not going to be locked out of special things, or or what, an example that I read was basically like, a game like Rocket League that's very popular. The Neo mode of Rocket League is not allowed to have special cars that are not available in the, the standard mode. So, what you really are looking at is essentially a computer upgrade wherein you can set your performance settings higher and get a better performance out of the game, but it's not actually going to unlock anything special. Um... And it's not as as far as older rumors um, uh, seem to hint. It's not actually going to impact the VR experience, is what they're saying. Uh, no matter what you, do, no matter which system you need, you are required to use the breakout box that's going to come with the uh, PSVR to um, allow you to use the VR with the system. Uh, I think this is interesting. For this is it's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, I'm happy that they seem to be taking some pretty good steps to keep from splitting the user base. Um, they've already stated once again, allegedly, uh, that this, uh, you cannot have separate online modes for, um, Neo users over base users. So you're not going to split your online player base. Um, you're not going to be missing out on anything in game other than performance upgrades. Um, so you're not missing out on any special content, which... What what this makes me ask is, I'm not sure who exactly this is targeted for. If you're the type of person who really cares about maxing out what you can get out of a game, you're probably a PC gamer, is my thought. Probably. Um, without... And they also said there won't be any exclusive games. Without that to entice people, I, I think it might be a tough sell unless there's a very good trade-in program that's going to allow people to upgrade for, for cheaper than what uh, is being reported as an MSRP of $400, which I think is what most of us would have guessed. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it. It's It's... As of right now, it does not seem like something I would actually be interested in buying. I'm I'm totally okay with a cut in performance for console use. That's a sacrifice I've always made by adopting consoles for convenience.
0: I think if, if it's supposed to be required for every game, that's insane. Well,
1: well it's, it's gonna make de- it's already well, reported to be making developers angry, giving a huge headache because
0: then they got to look for ways to put an extra junk. And what if their game's ready to go and they got to worry about? Okay, now we got to do it. So what they're probably gonna do then is just have the Neo mode be the regular mode they're working on anyway, and then just cut shit out for the shitty mode. I mean, because otherwise, if they got to rework months and months of time to improve the textures or frame rate, they might as well say, okay, screw it. Then then the base mode is just going to be garbage. We're going to just take a few textures out here and there, or you know what I mean, or drop the frame. You know I mean? like I I don't see it going well for this first batch of games that's already in the pipeline. No. I just don't.
1: What I kind of see is... I see, a lazy approach where they simply increase the frame rate for the Neo mode, because it's going to be the easiest way out for them. Mm -hmm. Or, um, what's going to happen is you're going to end up with some titles like Hyrule Warriors on the new 3DS, which, while technically not an exclusive to the new 3DS, runs like absolute, basically unplayable garbage because of its frame rate. On the standard 3DS. Now, like I said, Sony, according to these reports, is taking steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. um, To make sure that we get the same experience we've been getting on the PS4, but Neo owners will get an enhanced performance. But what does that actually mean down the line three years from now? Yeah,
0: what's the requirement? Like, okay, you get two more frames per second. You go from, like, you know, 58 to 60 that no one will notice. Like, what is the requirement? Like, it's a marketing gimmick. Um. We're talking about a system that's only been out for two and a half years. Right. And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, okay, yeah. now now, what are we... That's already not good enough? The system's already not good enough for for the games?
1: Two but and a half years? It's pissed me off. I mean, I was... Earlier on, I was kind of thinking I, I, I might do the PS4.5 or the Neo, as they're now calling it, finish out this console generation, buy only a Nintendo console, and make a gaming PC. Now I'm looking at what they're offering, and it doesn't particularly excite me. I don't know that I'm going to buy it, and I think that I'll probably just end up buying, building a gaming PC way sooner than later, and once again still sticking to a Nintendo console where they're going to offer me something I can't get anywhere else. Okay,
0: yeah. I, I see this only being good if you don't have a PS4 to begin with and you figure, oh, I might as well just spend the extra $100 or whatever and get this version.
1: Sure, because yeah. for $400, you are only paying $50 more than the base model currently. Now, granted, this will obviously drop the base model down. Yeah, the down. base model has to drop. Yeah, it's going to drop the base model down. I mean, it's going to get more PS... It will... I don't know. I'm just... I'm really not... I really don't feel very positive about this.
0: Oh, well, we'll see at E3 for sure. It's going to be interesting because it has have probably the NX announcement, and you're going to have this announced, and whatever, whatever half-console generation unit the Microsoft team is dreaming up.
1: Right. I mean, and that's basically been... I think that was actually officially announced. Uh, World of Warcraft, um, obviously, is hugely popular, and it's been through about, uh, I don't know exactly, but let's just say at least four major expansions, I believe. And what started as the base game has grown massively. And I think with many games that have received expansions or uh, have been iterated upon, there are people who yearn for the original, perhaps more simple version of the game. Um, for instance, I remember uh, when Fantasy Star Universe came out. I actually all it made me do was want to go back and play the original Fantasy Star Online, which was a much simpler game. So what happened was, is there was a private server that was up called uh, Nostalrius, obviously playing off of nostalgia, that ran a vanilla copy of World of Warcraft with nothing added to it, and it had about a player base of about 150 people who actively played on it because they preferred the original. Um, basic version of World of Warcraft. Now, unfortunately, private fan servers are against uh, Blizzard's terms of service and are technically illegal and can be shut down, and that's exactly what's happening here. On one hand, I kind of understand that World of Warcraft is Blizzard's baby, and they want to have complete control over how it evolves and is played uh, but no. I I have a tough time understanding where the harm is in letting people play an unupgraded version. This is Nostal Nostalrius, and uh, it was apparently a pretty big thing when people found out it was shutting down. A lot of people are very upset about well, it. It
0: looks like it's one hundred and fifty thousand 000...
1: active players that were on that server. That's a lot. Yeah, there's. I mean, there was a market for it, so. Well, on some small level, I can understand Blizzard wanting control over their, their, their property and their project. I, I Like I said, I just don't understand what the big deal is with letting people play an older version of the game. If they don't want to support it, uh, then let someone else support it. Um, I guess maybe there's no monthly fee attached to it, so maybe they're not making money off of people who are playing on this private server. That's That's oh. actually something that could be... Could oh be part really? Of it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I actually didn't read that in any of the articles. But my guess, is if it's a private server running an old version, they might be getting around some sort of monthly, hmm. mon- uh, some sort of monthly fee because they're not playing on a Blizzard server. That could be part of the issue. What I think Blizzard needs to see here is that there are people who don't want to constantly play these updated versions, and maybe now is the time for Blizzard to step in and perhaps offer that as an option
0: so now of course we talked about games going away because they're tied to a server and this is a prime example at least their version of the game they liked right, which existed for whatever 10 years um, plus is now going bye bye because Blizzard basically says okay yeah, we don't want this running anymore so I think they said Blizzard was hit with a DDoS attack I saw in the past week or so oh, really? maybe related to this because that's going to help that's
1: gonna yeah help that's out. not going to help your case at all uh, fucking children uh, so,
0: yeah, it looks like um, they received a letter, people running the server received a formal notice from U.S. and French lawyers asking on behalf of Blizzard Entertainment, pre- preparing to stand trial against our hosting company and ourselves in less than a week now. Wow. Well, so that's I mean, why they
1: immediately yeah, shut they got, everything yeah. down. They that, just they they stopped. Weren't,
0: they weren't playing around. I wonder if this is the first... I wonder if they got warned before this. I don't know. Yeah. Or they just found that and said, no, we want this in right now. You figure they would... You know, if, if this was that egregious, maybe they figure, okay, we want this out now. But maybe... Huh, I wonder if they was ignored. Maybe there was warnings that were ignored.
1: I don't know if there's warnings that were ignored. My understanding of these private servers is they are technically illegal to operate under a number of companies terms of services. But like companies like EA, if something is no longer supported, they seem to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um I also am not certain how pressing of an issue it is to certain companies right away, but when they notice it or it's brought to their attention perhaps multiple times, then they have to act on it to perhaps protect what they think they're doing with the official release of the game. Um, Well, if it's a pirate uh, server, I'm assuming that these people aren't paying,
0: but then maybe someone can correct me.
1: Yeah, I I would like someone to actually clarify that, because that I do not know, and that would give me a little bit more sympathy, I guess, towards Blizzard that you know, something that you can currently pay money for that would go to the developers is now not going to them. Yeah. But like I said, this is a good opportunity for Blizzard to step in and be like, hey, if you want to play an unupdated, unpatched version of the game, here's a server where you can do it. Make more money off of it. Charge them a separate, uh, a separate subscription. I mean, do whatever they want to do, but there is a market for this. Now, I don't know... Honestly, because I don't play MMOs, I don't know what kind of drop in the bucket or if it's a big amount of people, 150,000 is. But to me, that sounds like a pretty sizable voice.
0: Well, looking at an interview on PCInvasion.com, talking to Mark Kern, who used to be a World of Warcraft developer, and he's being asked, why are they now looking at these uh, World of Warcraft legacy servers versus before? And Mark basically says, well, it's their legal right to shut down these servers. They have an interest in protecting their business. I can't fault them for that. But what I can say is I feel Blizzard could have handled the matter much better at a time when gamers, gamers and developers can be so connected with each other in social media and the net. Companies need to form strong communities and fandom. I would ask Blizzard to take a look at no- Nostal team and what they did out of pure passion, not greed, but passion and find a way to acknowledge that I think it's possible. You look, at, You can look at the way Valve treats fan projects and ends up hiring these teams and making great products with them. Valve Channel's gamer passion very well, and Blizzard could look into that as a potential model. So it sounds like they're they're not making money off of this.
1: Right. Um, And I think think he makes a lot of good points. Uh, Obviously, these are people who like your product. Pissing them off is not exactly going to make them feel loyal uh, to you. And I think this is important in a time where it's been widely reported that uh, the player base of of World of Warcraft in general is shrinking uh, at a somewhat rapid rate. So, I don't know that this is necessarily the time to be upsetting your fans. It's a time to look at what your fans want and respond accordingly.
0: Alright, well, if you were a fan of that, that, uh, Nostalrius, Nostalrius server? It's kind of hard to say. uh, I guess it's a vanilla server, it's called. Yeah. Um, I prefer Neapolitan, but... All right, your time's done there. You got you got to play. You got to play in Blizzard Sandbox going forward. I'm sorry or find
1: say. a different game. And I, I yeah, that's upsetting. So there's been a e uh, eGames International Gaming Tournament uh, uh, dun, 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 that dun. they are now planning to run uh, concurrently with the Summer and Winter Olympics that occur uh, every two years. Um, the way they plan on doing this is, much like the original Olympics, they're going to be national teams chosen from uh, different countries. They'll be new
0: like the original Olympics, not what? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, just fucking goddammit. Um, and I, I, I think this is interesting in a way. I think it's a fun <laughs> idea to um, do this by nation, do it concurrently with the Olympics, uh, bring some attention to, to, to you know competitive gaming, Um, what I think is going to be a stumbling block here for this idea is that competitive gamers are used to making um, money. Yeah. And there's no money being offered here. What you are being offered is pride and a medal. And unfortunately, unlike an Olympic star who does not get paid but gets a medal, they come home... Uh, heroes, and they come home to endorsement deals and plenty of other opportunities to make money. <clears throat> to a competitive gamer, this is a few weeks out of their life where they could be making money, and if they win something here, I don't necessarily know that they're going to be compensated in any meaningful way outside of it. It's one thing to do something for passion, but some people do this to make a living. It's not just a hobby.
0: I see this as being one of the most unnecessary ideas I've ever seen.
1: Okay, it's a little harsher than my take, but... it's you have the the
0: olympic games which goes back literally thousands of years sure and they brought it back modern times in 1896 and it brings the world together you watch it you you know it's supposed to be uh, it, literally in the past during olympics there was truce to wars during the, the, the two weeks of the sure. olympics about so it's supposed to literally bring everyone together everyone enjoys it it's the best the world has to offer competitive spirit blah 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 so they want to they want to sort of ride the coattails of that to sort of validate their e-sport or like I just don't see the timing because during the Olympics no one's going to be paying attention to this. Sure. They're going to be t- paying attention to the Summer Olympic Games. Okay. So yeah. if you're going to do this, why do it during Olympics? Just pick a random do it do it like the X Games. They do it every year. You know, every four years, not only, or every two years, first of all, that's insane, then. Like, why even, there's no such thing as summer versus winter uh, video games, unless you're literally playing the epics games, summer, no. winter games. So, it's it's arbitrary, it's unnecessary, and again, like you said, who's going to go to it to show up? Is there a difference between amateur status, gamers, can I go, versus professionals, um, Are you really going to go and do, like, regional tournaments for qualifiers like they do for the physical sports in every country? Is it going to be easier for people to to get to those regional events, or is this all online? I I just see it as a mess. Uh, Where's the money going to come from for this? It's going to be a ton of money to run this,
1: probably. They're not going to make the revenue back, most likely. Like I said, I just think it's unnecessary. Okay. I just do. I I can see your point. I, I guess my thing is I think it's a fun idea, but yes, running it concurrently with the Olympics is probably a dumb idea, and unfortunately, for you to run this like the Olympics, for it to have any sort of that feel, as much as I think that would be a fun idea for a game competition, it would take many, many iterations of this for the groundwork to be laid for it to run smoothly. And I don't think there's going to be the patience required for this to happen four times over before it gets it gets to a point where it's running like clockwork.
0: Yeah, and who's going to, like you said, who's going to be sponsoring these people to fly around the world and live for a week or two? Right. Who's going to be doing that? Is there going to be a video game Olympic Village? Yeah, yeah. exactly, because now, even if, like, if, even if you're doing a sport where professionally you won't make a lot of money, I don't know, like kayaking or something, uh, at the very least your trips paid for by right. your country to go to represent. It's a big deal. Well, for a lot of people, that's the highlight of their life doing, doing the biathlon. You're not going to be a professional biathlete, not a lot of professional shooting and skiing leagues that I know of, maybe in Europe, but not in the U S at least. So like that's that was always my chance. favorite
1: event in Epic's winter games, though. R-
0: they had that, that cock
1: mm-hmm. down, cock up and then yeah, fire. Oh, okay. cross country skiing and then target shooting.
0: Oh, well, great. Uh, or or the modern pentathlon, where you horse race and then uh, shoot and then swim, then used to, then you used to, then you, <laughs> I to, and then, and then you fence, and I think Frank said you used to wrestle because there was a modern and there was an ancient version. It sounded awesome. I, I, at one point, I was like, you know, what, I want to try and do that because that sounds freaking just cool to try to do all those things. Yeah, in a row. sure. Uh, you know, anyway, all these non sequitur events, and then who chooses the games that end up at each? Winter versus summer, you know, like is there going to be like the experimental games, you know, versus the standards? I, again, it's unnecessary. You have your you have your professional game stuff. You have your esports stuff. I think you should be fine with it, and don't try to automatically just push it up to as the importance of the Olympic games. I just I just don't see it. Okay. I'm sorry. And and while we're on this topic, I randomly I think it was Saturday night. Uh, I turned on ESPN two. Uh, instead of being Sports Center, they were showing uh,
1: a Heroes of the Dorm event. Please explain this a little bit for me, because I, I, I believe uh, I know what this is, but I, I can't quite remember. Okay,
0: so Heroes of the Dorm is a uh, it's a tournament of campus-based Heroes of the Storm Moba teams.
1: Oh, okay, right, right. So gotcha. here, here,
0: this is uh, this is me blowing my own mind of the knowledge of Heroes of the of the Storm. Is a five? I think it's five on five MOBA game, which is a multiplayer Player online battle arena.
1: arena. We finally figured that out.
0: So you 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 pick your hero. There's different classes. You work together to defeat like monsters along the way. You get power ups. I think you build up the class of your character, and you can decide like what power ups you get in order to design your character, and that could use skill trees. Sh- there you go, and that could maybe. Decide the strategy you employ with the skills of your of your teammates, and the whole point is you destroy the core of, of the other team. Like I'm picturing, like World, like Warcraft, 2, where you got to destroy, you know, the village and you win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got to. That's what I'm picturing, and then you have to fight off the other five heroes. That's all I really know. You know why? It's all I really know because watching this event was a mess. It was an absolute disaster <laughs> of trying to explain the game itself. Heroes of the Storm, the strategies, what to look for, what the different classes of characters were, etc., etc. So the format of this—I don't know if this was the only event for Heroes of the Dorm. I mean, this is like this is like you win this event, whatever players on the at the university team, like they get like their tuition paid for. And so it was a format like trying to be like a sports show, a typical sports show, where you have like five commentators. Um, if it was like four male, one female. Explaining the different teams and the strategies. So at the beginning I'm like, okay, this is the audience this is the audience. I'm they're a step ahead because I'm a sports fan but I also like video games obviously. Sell me on this event and on this uh Heroes of the Storm game. Sell me on the MOBA competitive scene. Go. They explain the game for maybe a minute and a half. And that could be and that could be an exaggeration of, of
1: too much. So they're much. already assuming too much.
0: They're assuming I know what the hell this game is, and I don't. So like you get your team of 5 versus 5, you can get your power-ups by defeating minions or defeating players and you destroy the core. I'm like, "Okay, what are my what are my choices of different types of characters? Is right. it is it all melee? Is it projectile? Not explained. Wasn't explained any basic strategies in terms of okay, like how big's the map? What happens when your player dies? Does he come back right away?" Is he gone for twenty minutes or twenty seconds and then spawns again? Not explained. And again, this is someone that's into video games, has played i played strategy games. You know, like and this. You is were like, ready to accept I was ready. this
1: if someone was going to explain this to I you. I was thirdly. ready.
0: So I'm like, okay, let's go. And then I was like scratch my head. Then they just flash cut to then the action. And this is where this is where it's problematic, and this is why I hate to say it, this ain't gonna catch on with people that are already into it. <laughs> All this stuff going on on the screen. Ten players firing at each other with two different colors, red and blue, like where the health bars are to distinguish their teams, mm-hmm. around a core. I don't know whose core it is watching. I don't know what's going on. They're not explaining it. And it's too quick to explain. Ten different players, I think, and the is going on. P- players retreating, double teaming. So I'm really trying. I'm really trying. I gave it a shot. So they do that. And then when the, the core on, they go, they try to do a, catch, a phrase. Oh, G And I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of douchey. Okay. For good game. Yeah. So then
1: they, they throw a few rounds. They try to explain. That's, that's abbreviation for, for internet. You don't need to, you don't okay. need. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so they try to
0: explain the strategies. And again, I'm, I'm, between a layman and someone who is into video games at this point, I'm like, okay, explain it. Still not getting it. Um, showing the, the the quick clips is too frantic. You'd really have to be into the game to, and, and know the teams and know what was going on, I think.
1: This is not my problem quick. as an outsider watching competitive video games like this in general. Uh, same thing goes for StarCraft or something like that. The people who are playing this at such a high level, their strategies are so ingrained, and everyone knows exactly what to do immediately that there is no time for the person who's just trying to get into this to process exactly what's going on. No, it's too quick. Yeah, it's absolutely too quick. At
0: least with StarCraft, you can you can see like you know resources going and people building it. You can distinguish different sure. sides attacking each other. This was just a mess, an absolute mess. Uh, that I couldn't keep track of, and they couldn't explain it even quick enough.
1: Oh, that that team's going down. The core's going to go down. The core's down. It's like okay. Well, that's that's a, that's uh, a huge problem right there. If the action is too quick for actual commentators to say anything meaningful, yes. then we can then it's not going to catch on in any large scale form. With like you said, unless it's unless you're already very very into it to begin with. Now if. See, Street Fighter... Let's say you take something like Street Fighter. Watching competitive Street Fighter. Same deal. These people go in. They know exactly what they want to do. But it's easy to make sense of yeah, a visualization of a that. one-on-one fight. I've seen competitive fighting games. It's I can fun. follow that. It's fun to see that. Yes. Five-on-five, five is that's too much.
0: It's nuts. Here's the other reason why I don't think it's ever going to catch on mainstream. When you're watching sports, you see the people making the event and the drama. You see the basketball players... Oh, so
1: you didn't in this.
0: No, no. Let me get to it. Okay. You see the three-pointers being made or missed. You see the emotions on their face while it's happening. Sure. You can get into the human drama, the tragedy of while it's happening, and the accomplishment. That's a huge part of sports. The Olympics, for example, mm-hmm. I brought up before. With this, there's a there's an automatic disconnect, because you're watching a screen, and then you have to then figure out on the fly who's yeah. controlling which right. character. got to make that link. On what team... There's no human drama involved. They cut back to showing the five people on the team, you know, playing the game. So then I got to think, okay, which one's which, and like it's it's like watching automatons play a sport. That's the best way I can I can do it. Yes, there's people controlling these characters, but it's not the same. It's just not the same.
1: Again, this is coming from someone who loves video games. Yeah,
0: it's just not. It's to me, it's not the same. No, we're
1: not crotchety old people who don't get gaming. You know, it's just uh, this. It's the this way, is a spectator sport. Is not working out the
0: way the way it's presented. I don't think it's going to be very difficult to get any human interest behind it, and that's what sports comes down to is human interest. Right. It's not just well, you know, I like seeing these two teams. No, no, you like the players on the team you follow the, the individual players there's star players there's role players there's crummy players each player has has a place with this it's like you cut to the people you see their faces they did one part where they try to do like a team photo like and they show like their favorite character and, like their arms crossed and I'm like that's great I'm going to forget it in a second when I see 10 people on the screen at once battling I can't tell what's what so I'm not saying competitive sports cannot break through to the mainstream totally competitive gaming Excuse me, competitive gaming. Sports kind of already has kind of. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but for this game in particular, now I'm trying to think in my head what game can break through, because this type, I don't see it happening. I, it's going to be a very special type of game that's a lot easier to follow with ebbs and flows uh, and easily distinguished sides, I think, that you can easily track the action. It's like watch. This is like watching an action where, where the quick cuts are happening. You know, like the Paul Greengrass style, and you can't tell who's throwing what punch and what's landing. That's exactly what I felt watching this. So, we talk about competitive games. You have games like this. Um, You have StarCraft, which I I think I've seen, so that's easier to follow. Or you have, you know, first-person shooters. But the problem with first-person shooters is that there's no centralized thing you're watching. There's no centralized screen. You're watching individual perspectives back and forth. So even that's confusing. We spoke about that Splatoon. with Splatoon at the NWC 2015, which is weird for me to say. Is that I said it was hard to follow because I didn't know what was going on. It was cutting back and forth. I don't know who had control, what was the strategy. So I'm not saying it's totally without value. What I'm saying is the ratings will not catch on, at least on TV for this. Because if, if I had to turn off after 15, 20 minutes, I can't imagine a casual sports fan... With little interest, in video games turning on ESP, ESPN two, watching this, and it's like oh my god, this is very interesting.
1: Right, if, if you get this and you have fun watching it, more fine. power to you. That's, That's fine. That's great. Um, and enjoy it. But it's not you're not going to find a wide audience.
0: So that was my experience. I finally caught it randomly, and uh, we'll see what happens with those. You know, they're trying to do those twenty four hour, you know, esports channels, and we'll see if it catches on or yeah. if it, if it's just, if it's just a niche
1: thing. Let's talk some rustiness. We, so did we, we cover, talk about this a couple of years ago? We covered Rust uh, probably about a year ago. I'm covered in it. Um, there was an article we, we discussed it. So so Rust is a survival game. These have become fairly popular on PC. Rust is a popular one. Basically, it drops you a character uh, naked as a newborn babe uh, into the wilderness, and you have to figure it out. Uh, the game, I believe, incorporates permanent death. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's almost as much of a social experiment as it is a game.
0: Because it's open, you, people can turn on you, they, or they can help you, you can form groups to survive, you when can be we,
1: cutthroat if you want. Right. When we covered it pre- previously, it was about how vicious and cruel some people could get um, in the game, about how like Day Z was too. How you could, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, a group could capture two people at gunpoint, you know, and make them sit certain paces apart from each other and run for an item, and then the other person gets killed or something like that. Um, you know, weird Walking Dead type shit. So, the game has always randomized your character in terms of uh, you know uh, skin color and physical build. Well, now. Uh, with the introduction of, I believe, female characters, I believe that's being newly introduced, it's randomly assigning you, you you a gender. And naturally, there are a bunch of fucking babies who are really upset over this because they don't want to play as a woman. Um, my base feeling on this is is if you are going to randomize characters and you are going to have both genders in a game and you want your game to be survival-based and you want to be realistic, you need to populate the world with a reasonable ratio of men and women. And I believe it states that 90% of the people or something like that who are playing Rust are men. So they're more likely to pick men, which means you're going to be left with a world that is largely dominated by men. I don't think there's absolutely any problem if 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 randomization was something you were expecting going into it in the early stages, I don't see why you wouldn't continue randomizing things as they are introduced in the game. I just, I, I this is a problem. This is a problem because people want to make it a problem.
0: Video games is a form of escapism, first and foremost. It's a form of entertainment. Um, you want to. Have a fantasy. You want to do something you obviously can't do in real in real life. You can't be easily dropped off naked on an island with a bunch of other people and then <laughs> either hit them with rocks to or, and take their clothes or weapons. Right. That said, I have if this was introduced out of nowhere and people are used to being a certain gender, and if that's what they identify with, I can see I can empathize a little bit with them. All of a sudden, be like, all oh, right, I, I want to play
1: as somewhat identify as a guy while all of a sudden am i forced to be a woman. Because women were simply just introduced. All characters prior to this were male characters. So if randomization was always a part of it, and they simply just introduced female characters... It follows that they would simply randomize the gender as well as physical build, skin, uh, skin is color, there, hair.
0: But is there a, a difference between how the characters play? I don't believe there is. Is can men do something in the game that the female uh, women characters can't? No, I would highly doubt that. If that know. if that was the case, then I I'd be like, okay, I can see this being something cool. I don't know. I don't know. Is there sex involved? Can you develop baby rust characters? I don't know maybe that would be something interesting that would probably lead to way too many
1: disturbing things frankly well already these have yeah, these disturbing, are...
0: and I've seen gameplay of these games yeah and to me they're like okay I see I mean there's the graphics aren't that great gameplay sort of alright it's a first person shooter jump around you shoot I don't know I think it comes down to well okay the developers said they expected the, the, the backlash coming uh, they said, we understand this is a sore subject for a lot of people. We understand that you may not now be a gender that you don't identify with in real life. We understand this causes you distress and makes you not want to play the game anymore. Technically, nothing has changed since half the population was already living with those feelings. The only difference is that whether you feel like this is now decided by your Steam idea, a Steam ID instead of your real-life gender. To me, they're they're trying to integrate, to me, a social message into their game that I think a lot of players were not expecting. And in their. Uh, Rust game. That's to me what it sounds like. Because they're saying um, half the population was already living with those feelings. Yes, but half the population aren't the people playing your game. If 95% of the people playing your game are guys, and you inject this sort of, okay, half male, half female, there's going to be some guys upset. You can argue that, okay, well, maybe they should just get over it. But if they're a 13-year-old kid, 14-year-old kid, maybe it could be difficult for them. Is, is this the sort of medium that you want to inject your social meshes into? A shitty first-person shooter survival game?
1: Is this, is this same 13-year-old kid okay with playing a Tomb Raider game where you don't get to choose your gender?
0: But he's choosing to play that character. Here he's not.
1: Well, now you're choosing to accept the fact that your character is going to be randomly generated or not. Well, that's what, that's the whole point, though,
0: So, which I don't have a problem with. The whole point is that you're going to come down to the fact that people will stop playing this game because of this. Oh, well. It's developer's choice, obviously. So they're going to vote with their wallet whether or not they're going to continue playing or not.
1: I I have a feeling that, like a lot of online bluster, uh, there's going to be a lot of big talk and a lot of people are going to continue playing the game anyways. I really don't think it's going to matter a whole lot in the long run to its player base. Um, And like I said, social message or not, uh, if you're trying to create a game that's realistic then you can't have a world that is 100% male and like I said at the beginning of the segment if 90% of your players are male then you might as well interject female in there
0: or or, I don't know or or don't have any different I don't know I I think this is a really weird situation I just think it's weird overall
1: or have everyone be genderless gray blobs I mean I, I don't know I mean I just I don't actually think it's that weird if randomization was part of it to begin with and they just had an integrated female character models I think you have to
0: always remember what your core audience is and and if they if they honestly don't care they're pissing off a lot of 13 year old boys that are playing this game which is probably the vast majority are like teenage boys then you gotta take your lumps I just don't think it's smart to do it for a game like this where it was established where
1: or the vast you know, majority of the vocal people are 13 year old teenage boys and there are plenty of people who are playing who don't give a shit Sure. You gotta remember the people who are pissed off are the most vocal group people who are happy with things generally don't say anything is this true there's that penis size is randomized, too? That's, yes. actually, that's actually funny. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I just make fun of someone. But, but that, I mean, that's my point. Every single aspect of this has been randomized before. Why not gender now that that's a thing?
0: Okay. I'm never going to play this game, like I said. No, I, neither am I. I think, I, think I watched a half hour of gameplay back when we discussed it the first time. I'm like, it's interesting with the drops, and you can build up your own little house. Yeah. That.
1: You, but it's like... It's sort of like a, a Minecraft thing to me, yeah. in, that, in that it's it, it, it's a darker version of such. But it's a game that requires a lot of time and dedication that I just can't fathom putting into a game.
0: So okay, we'll, we'll have the track to see if people lead this in droves or not. It looks like, um, according to this article, um, there, when this person checked, there was forty-eight thousand people that were currently playing in the game. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean
1: there. that's going to be the true test to see what those numbers are in a month.
0: Oh. Can you pick the... Do you think the booby size is randomized, then, if the penis size is? I would, would imagine so. I would but, imagine so. At least, if, at least if he dropped me in, I want a nice rump. Nice rump. That's probably randomized nice as rump. well. Nice rump? Right. Yeah. Nice rump size. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so this was this made the rounds online. This blew up
1: uh, about an Amy's Zapper-inspired clock. I don't know that called inspired. It said Nintendo Zapper right on the side, <laughs> and what's oh, inspired? Yeah, it's inspired. Okay, from sorry. It. So someone a uh, Glock's a
0: handgun. It's a popular handgun. It's uh, used by most law enforcement nowadays. They're pretty, uh, you know, pretty easy to clean, and they don't usually misfire, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a tried and true company. So this Texas-based company we called the uh, Precision Syndicate went out and took a Glock and colored it like a zapper. Dark gray on the handle, on the trigger guard, and then uh, the lighter gray cream on the slide, uh, then, and then even put Nintendo Zapper with the same font on the side in red. And uh, it, it made the way around, and then there was a, there was a ton of backlash. Um, I don't think Nintendo came out and said anything. Uh, directly, they probably would want to keep their mouth shut when it comes to this stuff because I don't know what they're going to do. It's obviously they weren't going to sell this in uh, mass, it was like it was just a one off they made. Uh, but it, it, it's sort of the intersection of video games and you know, maybe people just discussing guns and debating guns and, and owning and the Second uh, Amendment.
1: I I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people here by saying that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly ambivalent about this and I don't really have uh, a, a very strong opinion either way. Um, I think that it might lack a little taste in um, mimicking a toy gun that had its color changed so that it wouldn't be mistaken for a, a real gun. That said... It looks pretty neat. I don't even like guns. By the way, did you know that there's a huge Glock, cost- Glock customization market? I had a shopper who came into the store one day and left a magazine behind on the counter when he left. It was like the size of a fucking Bible, and I picked it up, and it's all custom Glock parts. And like, Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's, it's insane. Apparently, Glock modding is is, is massive.
0: Oh, gun mo- um,
1: Yeah, gun modding's been... F- I'm just saying, forever. like, specifically to Glock. Glock Maybe it like, because it, it's easy to swap the parts of. Possibly. Um... That said, I do think it looked pretty cool. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly care for guns. I don't need to own one. Um, obviously, if this was something that they would ever sell to someone, besides oh. being a one-off uh, piece for, you know, one person, that would be a, a, a fucking tasteless nightmare. But that's not what this is. Um, and I'm not going to get into my views on guns or gun control. I'm just not going to talk about it on here. But in this one instance, I think that perhaps the situation was blown out of proportion. Literally, so they said. <laughs> uh,
0: they said in a statement, in, in light of the Nintendo glocked drama, we feel that the media and our fans need to know that, the, that this firearm will not be mass produced, nor will it ever be. Right, because if they did, Nintendo would then would sue the shit out of. Them, of course.
1: Well, in a loss. I mean, even if it, if it didn't say Nintendo on it, any. I mean, if they made it purposely look like a toy, that's illegal. They First of all, yes, it's you illegal.
0: You can't do that. Yeah, uh, in the U.S. Um, of course, you can always do a 3D printed gun if you want and add parts and do it, but you know. Yeah, you can't you can't sell guns in, in in blue like 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 neon green colors like real handguns. That's for toy guns. You know those laws started going into effect by the like early nineties. Right, man, do I miss those toy guns that looked real when I was a kid? Oh those, yeah, those Uzis that looked real. Oh yeah, uh, I had a Rambo cap gun. Remember those toy sets you would get like in the
1: yeah you know, that they had like the self- a bandana and a gun and what, a bow so, and arrow. So
0: so the Rambo set had like the had the compass. Mm-hmm. You you got like the 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 plastic knife. You got a few other pieces. Then the, the gun and holster looked real. It was like an old Colt-style black with, with a uh, brown grip. Holy shit, it looked real. It was one of the best toy guns I ever had as a kid or so. And, I, and it had a nice... When you fire, like a little sound effect in it.
1: I had a black motorized water gun Uzi, where it when you I, held it down, I you you put had batteries that. in. The I knew bottom, someone who had that, and you held it down, bishow, and it bishow, just bishow, it yeah. ra- you just yep. held yep. down, and it rapid fired yep. the shot. I knew someone who had that, and boy, that would not fly today, and that was probably dangerous to own at, at in certain uh, places. No one, but no I mean, one, no one got hurt except for those
0: few dozen kids that got shot, yeah. by cops. Um, but uh, I just think it's interesting that. Now this is totally off topic. That yeah, you go walk into a store and you'd have that that nice like two and a half foot thing. Like here's your police kit. Get get your 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 toy handcuffs. Your, your cap gun, revolver, um, get your hat and your badge, and your nice stick. All one four ninety nine package at the deli
1: store. I, the yeah, deli would have I it specific- The deli. I specifically remember oh, having that as a kid, and it made no sense. I had a Spider Man one. It came with a <laughs> set of Spider Man binoculars, yes. a Spider Man compass, and a Spider Man bow and arrow. Because Spider Man never used any of that but shit. The, but
0: the whole point is, they were cheap toys that your aunt would get for you because it goes, right. oh, it's like $4. It in some, 1988.
1: It had some fun branding on it. You You'd use it for one like babysitting session, like when yeah, your aunt or your grandma watching you. They all break within three hours, and then you go home.
0: <laughs> so what we're saying is somehow is that this is not a huge deal if it's a one-off, and it actually looks like well done for what it is. Regardless of whether or not you agree with people owning handguns, uh I think it's cool. looking.
1: right if you just look at this as a specific instance. You don't get politics or anything into it. I really just don't think this is as big of a deal.
0: I'm sure the comment section will will be very civil and talking. About oh yes, Second absolutely. Amendment and gun owning rights,
1: even though you and I were very, very middle of the road here and very reasoned on this, I'm sure. This will you, be I didn't even
0: say whether or not I, I agree with anything. No, and neither they, did I. I
1: didn't say shit.
0: That's going to be for Pat's a political podcast coming soon. The Triple P podcast. Oh, God, the Triple P podcast.
1: <laughs> so there was a video recently. Um, I I kind of took this topic to mean something else initially when I saw it on the on the sheet uh, about GameStop frowning upon dumpster diving. Now I have a a a a, a pretty I have, a, I have much more to say on that topic in general, but this uh has to do with a specific video of uh, two guys who, quite frankly, struck me as massive fucking douchebags. Um, well, There's going to come some drama, right? <laughs> Dude, you watch the video. Tell, tell um, me they weren't assholes. I'll, I'll get into my problems with the video. Okay. You go first. So, anyways, what happened was is they, they, they got into the GameStop dumpster. They, um, they pulled some games out that GameStop had thrown away due to scratches or things on the surface. Took them back into the store where... I, I, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of this. Probably. But GameStop will generally give you something for a damaged disc. Oh. Uh, they'll do it for a much reduced rate under the assumption that they're probably going to send it to some resurfacing company and sell it. What I'm imagining happens is that at the end of the day they look at games that are incredibly common or worth nothing and they probably they probably just dump them. Sure. So these people took in a stack of games that they had pulled out of the dumpster and they traded them in for about $7.50. They used it to pick up a copy of uh, Modern Warfare and um, they I, on their way out they said uh hope these end up back in the dumpster where we got them from or something like that. And the cops yep. and the cops were called on them because uh you know apparently it's illegal to go dumpster diving in GameStop's dumpsters. So on well, this in general it is if it's, on, yeah, well, if it's yes, private property sure. technically. So in this specific instance uh I I I I mean yeah these guys were fucking idiots. The the broader thing that I thought we were going to discuss was the fact that GameStop takes uh, perfectly good fucking cases and manuals and trashes them, and I feel like to a certain subset of collectors that's insulting. And I do feel like if people want to go and rescue those and clean them up, I don't feel like there's really a huge problem there, despite the fact that it's illegal. I I, I don't. I mean, I understand why people would do that. I mean, you're destroying. To some people, the value of a game by completely eliminating the potential for so, for complete copies. But that's not exactly what we're discussing here. So, sort of, they, they, they found, I guess, like some Xbox 360 games that, or Wii yes. games or something? Xbox 360 and Wii games that appeared to have some pretty decent scratches on them.
0: When we come back into the store, it looks like there was a woman working behind the counter, two women working there. They blurred out their faces, which they should. So, you had a third individual with a camera trying to. I mean, it's obvious that someone has a camera or their cell phone. They're holding it there. And uh, I'm not familiar with these two guys' work. I guess they do dumpster diving uh, videos, which is a genre. I know a guy who does it who's very, very big. His name's Rich, who does it, which is fine. I'm not casting judgment. Uh, My issue with what they've done here is that they think they put one over on corporate GameStop. Right. When all you've done was basically messed up the day of people making minimum wage at a GameStop. Yeah, exactly. All you did was try to say, oh, we outsmarted them or we made these people look like fools. When the people working behind the GameStop counter don't give a shit about you or your stance on GameStop, they don't care about corporate GameStop. All they care about is getting through their eight-hour day making making their $10 an hour or whatever the minimum wage is at GameStop. They don't care if you pick those games out of the dumpster in the back. They don't care if you brought them from home. You're getting pocket change for your trading value. It's not like you discovered gold that they threw out for $500 and then you're trading it back in. This is an absolute meaningless story. Yeah. Absolutely meaningless. And this got picked up by outlets, got on Reddit, and people in the comments like, Oh, yeah. Fuck you, GameStop. And it's like, you think GameStop cares that you... you Gave them seven bucks or whatever. Like they got seven dollars. You think that really affects it? No, you only f- messed with these people's day.
1: No, these douchebags simply did this because they, f- at the end of it, they got a rush by feeling like they were yeah, better than and, the people they pulled this. And
0: honestly, on. if you did this video and weren't assholes to the employees behind the counter. I wouldn't care that much,
1: or, or I, I mean, I, I, don't particularly have, uh, I won't get into it, but uh, I mean, the fucking childish way the guys talking to the fucking cop on the yeah. phone and the way they're That's- constantly rolling their eyes and just they're, they're fucking children. Yeah, you know,
0: if you're, if you're gonna try to be like a, a prankster on YouTube or you're trying to go, like, oh yeah, we're hardcore, yo, then don't lie to the cop then mm-hmm. about. We're gonna put the video on YouTube. Oh no, we're not gonna do it. Say yeah, we're gonna put the put video on YouTube, and it's and, and what are you gonna do about it? if right. you're really gonna to play tough guy. Do that then.
1: Yeah, be a tough guy then, and and tell them what you're going to do instead of just being a fucking bitch.
0: So again, you, you mess with these people that are making minimum wage, and this this was funny because again they don't care. I worked in in a retail store, a uh, Suncoast. Remember my my yes. Suncoast stories. I saw, literally, with my own eyes, people walk into the store with nothing on them, take stuff off the shelf, walk up to the counter and say, hey, i like to return this, and, you know, I get credit I don't have a receipt. And I saw with my own eyes that they just pulled it off the shelf. I was told by my manager not to create an issue. Just give them the credit. Don't create an issue because it's not worth the hassle. No. Whether they yell at you or become violent or they can say, "Oh, you you're, you're, um, oh, what, what, you, you think I'm a thief or something? I'm going to sue you." It's not worth it. You're, you're a, um, an employee making absolutely nothing. It's not worth your time. And the same thing could be said of these employees. Like, even if they knew, even if they knew, which they probably didn't hear, they would be like, "I don't fucking care." Yeah. So what? Who fucking cares? You got seven bucks. You're so smart. You got your YouTube video. You got your ten minutes of fame. I got to go home to my shitty life. So I really don't care what you're doing.
1: Right. And and you got you got your $5 garbage game that you're not going to play. It was simply to prove a point.
0: And so, what point? Yeah, you, you risk getting hepatitis in the dumpster to make a YouTube video where you put one over on the GameStop employees. All right. Here's some fun. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Good old Timmy Atwood super collector. My pal Tim Atwood. He's back. So last time in the podcast we brought brought the fact that it was uh, revealed on my favorite website. You're home, you're home away from home. My you know, just being on that floor, I feel I feel like a warm blanket around me. Yeah, it's like an Afghan on a couch on a cozy day. <laughs> day with a warm cup of Joe. <laughs> anyway. So Tim Atwood had someone post for him that who visited him that yes, he owns all this this is a collector, it's been around since at least the early nineties, who has tons and tons of sealed cases. Shipping cases of games. Shipping boxes, which are six sealed games each. And he revealed um, that he probably had six sealed NES Steam events. Sealed! Which turned out to be true, because then he posted a picture, and it was verified. And people went nuts! At the time, because they were like, well, you know, uh, people that have invested money into the games and pretended that they're going to retire on a SEAL Stadium event. They don't like it rocking the boat of like, you know, there's a little click on certain websites. Like my favorite website, Nintendo Age, that
1: don't hurt our private club.
0: (laughs) That's part of it, where they want to sort of be the dominant men and sort of control, quote unquote, the hobby and try to control the value of what they've, quote unquote, invested their hard-earned money in as an investment. And they don't realize that investments can go two ways. They can go up or down. Or down, depending upon stuff like this, especially if it's collectible, like we said, that's less than 30 years old, There could be a lot more out there that we don't know about. So people went nuts. So Tim and I have been emailing privately, and he's allowed me to talk about this stuff. I said I can discuss this stuff. He said, sure. Okay,
1: and so I need to know if, if anything is off. Off
0: The list is not off limits. Okay, which we're great, get to. wonderful. But let's start with what he's auctioning off first. So he's starting by auctioning off uh, he had a Bigfoot sealed mm-hmm. out of a shipping box and a Power Punch too.
1: Now, he's not auctioning off the cases. He's opened these and he's auctioning he's, them off individually. Individual games he's starting with.
0: And first, people were annoyed or not, didn't understand that he was only auctioning off once. And then he had to pull at the auctions and then bring it back. That's fine. So then he brought him back. And then he he put in the auction that coming soon... I'll be selling off the statements. So people didn't like that because he's advertising. So then he had people had him take it down. So then he had to put it up again. So already you see people are, are not happy with Mr. Atwood. Hold on.
1: Can we just back up to the loophole, the little the little fun trick that he did to get over the advertising thing? We'll get to that. Okay. Well, we're going to get that.
0: So finally, and this was revealed to me before it came out. Uh, finally, uh, Mr. Atwood said, you know what? I'm going to sell a poster. <laughs> And that postal will say, coming soon <laughs> SEAL state event with a miniature picture inside of the shipping box in the center of it. Yep. A miniature picture. Which is fan fucking task. Oh, it
1: made it made me laugh heartily.
0: Um so people on Nintendo Age are losing their shit over this. Losing their shit. Um I tried reading through this thread in Nintendo Age, and you can you can tell it's it's not biased at all when Uh, The the title of the thread is, I guess old Atwood wasn't telling the truth, meaning that at first uh, people were reporting that, oh, he wasn't playing a selling the stand events. Well, you know, I'm not saying someone could have cajoled him maybe to want to do it, but you know, we emailed a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, he he got my recommendations of what I thought he should do, but he's he's his own man. I really feel for these people. (laughs) Um, So people, this, this thread was a dumpster fire of people whining, bitching. Trying to say, "Oh, well, Tim Atwood's a bad person because he lied." And now he's going to sell his games, which is his own right to do, and
1: it's not like his word is is binding in a contract before. So they're acting like petulant children because they're because they're, they're jealous because they're, and jealous. they're feo- Some are fearful. Uh, they're threatened. They're threatened because because they want. They were not made. Some of this is really not an investment. They cornered the market so they could be the top dogs in a hobby because that's how they get their fucking dick hard. It's not just that. He's not one of them. Right, exactly. He's not
0: one of them, which is why I never got along with a lot of people on Tenowage, because I wasn't one of them. Right. I could own a rare game like NWC, but at the same time saying it's not right to pump up the value of these sort of games. It's not ethical to do so. It's, it just isn't. You can be a collector and have expensive things without pumping up the price artificially or trying to control
1: markets. Or without cornering the market. Yeah, um, people who are also interested in the same sort of collection you are. That's no longer investment. That's being a dick so that you can control the price and ruin other people's fun in the hobby.
0: So right now he has for auction. Um, he has a Bigfoot, um, Assessment Street 123, a Power Punch 2 that's that's, that's kind of hard to find yeah. in the box and then uh, Rayman for Game Boy Color <laughs> just throwing that one in just, there just starting with some lightweight
1: titles just throwing jabs just throwing jabs and
0: then of course uh, at this when we're recording this at $51 with 23 bids the Stay events Coming Soon question mark poster which is fantastic I kind of want to own that you, you <laughs> want to own it you want you well he, he offered you know maybe he'll, he can print one up for you if you really wanted to I would love to he was just licking every night like ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> so in the thread and on Facebook I've, I've had a couple of individuals saying, Why are you reveling in the fact that people's you know, investments are getting, you know, their collections are being destroyed? Like with, a, with, a, with a grin, why are you, like, the, the collections they've worked so hard for, why, like, why are you happy about this?
1: That's like I said before, because not all of it is about this investment or this collection they work so hard for. They're preventing other people from being able to uh, pursue the hobby that they enjoy. And they're doing it with glee because they know that they are holding on to things that people want. And because of that, they want to lord it above people and feel like fucking kings because perhaps they can't in their normal life.
0: There was someone on Nintendo Age that, within the the span of two or three months uh, after the time with the uh, box stain events that was found with the Yahoo auctions, bought up about four uh, complete in box or box stain events and tried to corner the market. The problem with that was that there was at least one collector at the time that was trying to get that as their com- to complete their collection. Right. So what you're doing then is you're artificially driving the price up of these auctions. One yeah. after another. Multiple ones. To get multiple copies of the same game, you're fucking over that person behind you who's now spending thousands of dollars more than they really should, who just wants it for their collection, because you have to have four of them, I was gonna say, or five of them.
1: There is zero reason why you need to have four or there's five. There's no fucking excuse. And if you come at me because it's an investment, tell you what, you're fucking dumb with your money, invest it elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when I point out stuff like this, uh, p- people take shots at me, or bide their time, like for example when someone makes an appearance on a cable show to come after me, and saying, well, Pat's a hypocrite because he went on a cable show, so what he says doesn't mean anything. They try to, they try to, because you're not one of them. You don't, you, you're not, you're not
1: part of their, like what they envision what the hobby should be. Do you feel like being one of them might feel similar to like living in a swamp? <laughs> <laughs> just slimy and just, gross.
0: It's kind of like constant showers. Yeah. You, like, yeah. Like 110% humidity <laughs> in the bayou. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, that's why I smile. Because, if I had what Tim had, I would doing be doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, He's a spirit. And so, it gets better,
1: folks. It gets better. Oh boy, this is the good stuff right here. This this is this is where. Mm. Can, can, I, can I just? throw... I'm not going to throw out a specific mm. number for a game, but can I just throw out one lot? Can I just throw out one number? Please just let me throw out this number. Throw out any number you want, you. He has uh, what is it? 393 cases of sealed games, just NES. Just NES.
0: Now that doesn't. He sent me again. He t- I can talk about this on the podcast. God bless you, Mister <laughs> Atwood. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Y- Cheers. You might owe me some new boxer briefs after this segment's done. Um, this now this does not include the info for how many he sold. And again, he has not just NES, at least Super Nintendo, and at least Game Boy, from what we saw in the office right. right now. I'm not going to go through every one of these, but let's hit, let's, let's, let's go to the heavy hitters. Let's go for the highlights of again, Little Samson. We'll, we'll, we'll go top to bottom if okay. you want to call it random ones but remember this is number of cases then you multiply that times 6 for the amount of games he's at either has owned or still owned I'm, I'm going to skip the ones like 10 yard fight because who you know who doesn't have a box 10 yard fight I'll skip even like uh, an uncommon game like Adam's family uh, he only had 6 uh, 6 seals of those 6 seals of those that's not a big deal even though it's a hard to find game uh, you know best of the best very uncommon game You know, he had six seals of those. Mm -hmm. Then you get into the juicer ones. Ah, Okay, Battletoads and Double Dragon. That's a serious one. He had 12. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Okay. You know what's a rare NES game that has shot up a lot the past few years? Bonk's Adventure. Oh. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. He only had six. Oh, no, he had 18 of those. Oh, really? Or still has 18. Well, I'm erect. Uh, 18 of those. Bomberman 2, 6.
1: Bubble Bobble 2. That's two a- cases, right? I think I saw that. 12? Is it 12? Yeah, it's 12. Yeah, that's 12 of them. Oh, that's
0: 12. Oh, God, I've got to stretch. Casino Kid 2, that's a pretty hard to find game. Yeah. Oh, 12 of those. Oh, man. Got to stretch. Tighten up. Uh, only 6 Chippendale 2s. Uh, only 6 Contra 4 sealed. <laughs> only 6... 6 sealed Chubby Cherubs. Yep. Chubby Cherub is a game That's incredibly hard To find complete in box Remember I told you for years Yeah because to get a Because video. the
1: boxes Are tissue paper
0: and It came out in 86 And they didn't do That many runs of them Yep uh, Talking to uh, My pal Who runs My favorite website Dane Anderson I spoke to him uh, Less than a week ago Which is great That the guy Who runs the website I love But a yeah. lot of people in 10 age I can't stand Which is just funny uh, he, It took him forever To find a sealed cherub, Chubby Cherub They're not out there does he have a sealed collection? He, he's he's close. Oh, okay, I think he's close. Right? He has a lot of at least, but he wanted to seal. No, he, he no he he just wanted certain ones. But Chubby Chubby always wanted. Gotcha. But Tim has six of them just because. And, uh, Ian, what's your what's one of your favorite NES games? Oh, Clueful Land, and that was a sticker sealed. That did, they mm-hmm. didn't really get to make those into even eighty seven. I don't No,
1: think. no, they didn't. Oh, he's
0: got six sealed of those sticker sealed.
1: Oh, oh God, okay,
0: oh. Uh, those are hard to find. Uh, Conan hard to find game. Ian gave it two stars in a certain NES uh, guidebook. Yes, six sealed of those. I'll pick up a little more steam. Die Hard, hard to find. Game 6 sealed of those. Donkey Kong 3. 6 sealed. Which is like, okay, Donkey Kong 3. Okay. Donkey Kong Jr. 6 sealed. Donkey Kong Arcade. Oh, who cares about that one, actually? That's that's that's, that's 12 of them. But he has 6 sealed Donkey Kong Jr. math. <laughs> that's a game that I sold in beat-up condition last year, complete in boxed. For over a thousand,
1: beat up, not sealed. So we're starting to sound like QVC people. Let's let's jump to some of the heavy hitters because I think we're making our point. Uh, you want to look up Panic Restaurant or uh, Flintstones Dinosaur Peak okay. or maybe Little Samson? Okay, we'll do those. We'll just we'll just skip stuff like oh, who cares that he has uh,
0: twelve Dragon Warrior four sealed? Yeah, that's not that's important. small potatoes. Um, twelve Flintstones Dinosaur Peaks. <laughs> um, where's the Where's Little Samson? Let me scroll down here. I'm, I'm skipping a lot of other ones that are hard to find. I like, think
1: Little Samson was six or twelve. I like, think Panic like, like even 12. like
0: Indie Last Crusade, Ubisoft, for example, you're not going to find a lot right. of those. Yeah, he's got six of those. Uh, skipping down a Little Samson. Oh, there isn't Little Samson Ian. Oh, there is Oh, no, sorry, there yes, is. There is. Oh, just twelve. Yeah, just twelve of them. Oh, there it is. Sorry, I couldn't. Uh, twelve original Mario Brothers arcade sticker sealed. Um, what else? I one? Panic Restaurant. Panic Restaurant. Uh, only 12. Only 12. Only 6 Nob- Naga's Ambition 2, which is a hard-to-find game. <laughs> o- only only, only 6 Power Blades 2. That's it.
1: Um, this is beautiful.
0: We're getting to a point, the reason why we're doing this. Not just to, to rattle off numbers. 18 scoons! That's nuts. Which is just as hard-to-find as Chubby Cherub in the box. And yeah. I sold my copy because I didn't like the condition of it. <coughs> 18 scoons! What? Eighteen stadium <laughs> events. Eighteen
1: stadium events.
0: Eighteen
1: s- sealed. I still can't do it when you do, stand it when you do that
0: stadium events. But he revealed that twelve of those Had been sold already. There's six remaining. This is why that's important. When people say, "Well, he doesn't have enough to affect the market."
1: Hmm. Yeah, he Th- does.
0: There are not that many people, me and my pal, Dane Anderson, agree. There's probably less than 10 people that are going to be willing to uh, to dole out five figures or more on a sealed stadium events. I would not do it, and I could afford it. There's not many SEAL collectors to begin with out there in the wild, but how many could afford it? So what Tim has done is taking 12 of those people, and he and he's very careful about who he sells to, making sure they're not just flip it. He has them signed NDAs, so, he, so the value is not revealed. He took 12 of those potential customers out of the market himself that never need a sealed stay of events ever again. And there's going to be six more added to that list, meaning that if you went out and tried to quarter of the market uh, complete inbox box games, if you would need to, to complete your collection or sealed games and you spent if you, spent, if you bought four of them and spent over 30 to 40,000 dollars, I don't know you're ever going to recoup those costs. I'm sorry. Why did that happen? Because good old Timmy, Timmy Atwood, is probably close to giving away some of these copies Has Is he giving
1: you permission to call him Timmy? I feel like you should probably call him Tim. We're like this
0: now. I'm going to own two sandwiches now. (laughs) And that's what I'm getting at, is that no one owns the fucking hobby. There should not be elite collectors that can define what these games go for. Or try to corner markets. Tim is doing God's fucking work. Yes, he is. That's the point. It's not just reveling in all. Oh, people worked hard for their collection and spending money. He's a man of the cloth. He's a man of the cloth. He's got loaves and fishes. He's the closest thing we have to the Pope of the retro, <laughs> retro gaming community. Because he has all the power, and he's magnanimous. That's why, folks. That's why he's the hero we need, but not necessarily deserve. For the
1: <laughs> Anything else to add? No. No, I just um... I kind of want to drop a lot of. I want to spend money on a clue, clue land for. Well, really? now he knows you're interested. Yeah, no
0: so... <laughs> he might give you a good deal Ian. Anyway, and you have, you know you have
1: the podcast to thank for that. All right, so a new Neo Geo prototype has been discovered, uh, and this is pretty big. Um, it was uh, purchased. It was a board that. Um, It was a board that was purchased for about $750 a few years ago and took people a while to dump it and to find the information on it. But what was discovered was a fighting game that was currently being in development by Technos. Now, Technos uh, was the company that was responsible for uh, Double Dragon, uh, the Kunio-kun games, um, Super Dodgeball, a bunch of classics like that. And what we found uh, after looking through it was... um, a character select menu for a game that had never, ever been talked about. Not even in previews, nothing like that. Uh, it had a full character select screen, and each character you could have um, chosen a different Dungeons and Dragons-like alignment, a good, neutral, or evil, and it appeared to actually change the appearance of the character based upon the uh, the, the alignment that you chose. It's semi-finished, right? This is interesting because of the amount of work that had apparently already been put into uh, things like graphical assets uh, for the game, and uh, the, the the little bit of gameplay that was there, um, but. No one really knows who, who developed it. Now, there is a rumor that it, uh, it was being developed, uh, in, at least in part, by a company that I'm actually quite fond of called Face, that um, exploded out of nowhere in the early 90s and disappeared almost as quickly, did a handful of games for the PC Engine. So, um, some people feel that this could be a hoax, but it just seems a like a lot of work for a hoax. Um, why would you spend so much time... And effort on creating uh, very fantastic, very accurate, to the time period, I believe 1994, Neo Geo assets, just to fool people.
0: I don't think you you would. And plus, and plus, it looks like not everything was recovered. <clears throat> no. So, so, everything like, there was a layer containing the font, according to, the, to this on the Neo NeoGeo.com forums. The font, power bars, was gone, which could have contained the game's name. Uh, voice card, with the sound effects and voices, if they were done, they're not there. So... If you're going to do it, you might as well go all out and do you know more of it, I guess, if you're going to do a hoax.
1: Right. So, um, yeah, it was originally thought to be a different game entirely. Uh, an Dragon early Wars? prototype of, of Voltage Fighter Kaiser, oh. And uh, it ended up being something entirely different. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe it was just an old board that they were prototyping it on. And that's, you know, why it appeared to be something that it wasn't. But this is huge news for the community and just very exciting. And it's another example of uh, how how lucky we are to have people who are um, so involved in the preservation of games sure. this could have easily been trash that we would have never ever heard about could have been in a dumpster somewhere for all we know this is all that exists of it
0: so it looks like there's 12 characters to select some are still roughly roughly drawn or unshaded so some don't have hit boxes, some are missing frames of animation the ones that are complete ones who are complete are very nice Um, Each character has three classes, chaotic, neutral, and lawful. Depending on what class you pick, the character's speed, stance, special moves, and special bar change. Even the character's windscreen sprite changes depending on the class. Huh. Two characters have animal companions who can be used in attacks. The bosses are not selectable, but I managed to get their wind poses a few times and kind of pulled out their sprites while I was messing with the C-ROMs.
1: So it sounds like it, it was trying to uh, follow what Samurai Showdown I was, was doing that. at the time as it went on, um, which was adding like the slasher bust mechanic where you could change your character's uh, playstyle to a certain degree. Only this, this—I mean, honestly, this seems like a very ambitious game. Uh, I'm really kind of sad that we we, we won't ever well, see more of it. You'd
0: hope that with uh, this coming up, maybe, maybe someone will work maybe someone who worked at it has a backup somewhere. Yeah, perhaps it's always, it was further it's, along. It's only like 20-plus years old. It's not like ancient.
1: Well, because, I mean, honestly, in 19, 1994, that was not the tail end of the Neo Geo. Um, you know, this wasn't abandoned because there wasn't a market for it. It could have been financial constraint. It could have been the developer, uh, if, it, if it was face, um, you know, no longer making games. But, I mean seeing this is something that kind of makes me salivate, especially as a fan of fighting games, especially as a fan of fighting games on the Neo Geo. Um, I would love for more of this to emerge and to see a more complete version of this.
0: Oh, so I think it might be called Dragon's Heaven. Okay. That was the possibility on on this article I'm looking at right here, which hopefully doesn't crash my computer because the other one almost did. (laughs) It's like, geez, how heavy. So yeah, $750 from a Yahoo... uh, Japanese auction site. Interesting. Very interesting. But but like I like said before, not all of the data could be extracted. <sighs> First you have to figure out who made the game Then hopefully people can backtrack and find a developer. And maybe, right. Maybe they have it laying around on a 20-year-old hard drive or something.
1: I actually have a friend who's already on the hunt to kind of figure that out.
0: You would think that someone has it. It will only be in one place. You would think, hopefully, there's a backup somewhere. Yep. But there have been games that have been lost to the annals of time. Just like old films that are lost and destroyed. So, alright. Who does love the Neo Geo? So we got another Indiegogo handheld coming off. We have the ZX Spectrum handheld, which you can still get. It's on demand, so you can still order. I still might do it. Because you know why? Because Mr. Sinclair himself. <laughs> Sir Sinclair is involved with that. Uh, but now we have a, a computer computer the Commodore 64 computer and handheld console combo up uh, for grabs on Indiegogo so what you have here Commodore 64 huge computer yep biggest of all time just about or one of the biggest they're offering it just like the the, the ZX Spectrum uh, handheld they're offering a handheld with a, with a couple of buttons face buttons across here and and uh, games that you can play, and then you can add on your own games. But they also have a keyboard console that you can get.
1: It's basically a slim down recreation of the original Commodore sixty four computer. Sure. What's interesting about it is is it's 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 upgraded for uh, HDMI output. Uh, potentially, uh, they might look into uh, component or composite output. Um, but there's it,
0: USBs on the side, it, and for I think a, sp- a slot for a flash uh, card. You can or load ROMs. Media.
1: You can load ROMs under uh, many different uh, the, the different ROM formats, but there's also an original C64 cartridge slot on the back of it, which to me is a very big thing. This puts it in the market of a clone system, and while Commodore sixty fours can be had for a reasonable price, like um, forty bucks, getting this upscaled and getting a nicer, newer version is pretty cool. And what's neat about it is, um, as opposed to the handheld. Uh, or the handheld Sinclair. And I do believe they did a similar version of the ZX Spectrum uh, that also be prior to the handheld one that was more of a, the, the, the full-on version. All prior to the Vega? I, I believe. Yeah. Um, they, uh, this gives you the operating environment. It includes legally the BIOS, for the Commodore 64. So this opens up a world of hobbyist programming to Mm -hmm. people who want to grab one of these. You can treat it as a Commodore 64. You can code for it. Um, And and to me, that's where it's most interesting. Uh, Like I said, and the fact that it accepts the original cartridges. This is not just ROMs. It's not just an emulator. Um, So it's like they haven't announced the games that are
0: coming with it yet. Uh, It says they're going to announce it coming up. So they have, they are going to license some games. They said, they said we haven't announced yet, but you're going to be very, very happy. So they're probably trying to get some of the classics right on there. But yeah, I think that's the key going forward. Like you said, clone systems that offer an upgrade for HDMI going forward. Like if they did an upgraded Turbo graphics, like the handheld, if it could output to a TV, modern TV, that's the sweet spot where you are. You can use the old software, but also. Have the modern technology. Old
1: software plus ROMs plus yes. modern technology equals something that I believe is going to be very attractive and to all, potential buyers. And
0: it replaces the old one because it, it's easy to use. You don't have to worry about it breaking down. Right. I just like I told you, I tested the three three Commodore for I had none of them work properly. Right. I found the fourth one though I forgot about, so I gotta test that.
1: Oh, and I believe they said it. Um, well, another thing that interested me is I believe that this is going to have multiple SID chips in it, oh. um, which is a mod that people will do to Commodores. Which, uh, for someone like me who enjoys making music, uh, right there is the appeal for me. Um, I could take this and um, immediately have a a a a, a really nice um, music composing environment for ChipTunes.
0: Uh. <clears throat> There's there's writable cartridge support, HDMI video and audio output. They're considering composite video. Right. If they can put it in, that'd be great. Multiple uh, joystick support. They actually have joysticks uh, that are going to be. There's a joystick right there. They have a concept which looks great. If you scroll down, because it looks like the joysticks they had. Yeah.
1: So what they said was, is as of right now, um, it does require its own joysticks, but they are looking into getting support for the original joysticks as well.
0: Well, you can just do a little adapter to USB. Probably that'd be the best way to do it. Um, so the price you have for the, uh, computer, which I'm really, I'm really tempted. I'm Even honestly more, more tempted
1: more, by that than I am the ZX Vega. The,
0: the computer is $150. The handheld's 170 It's actually more, which is interesting. But I figure you might as well just get the, just get the keyboard because you can load the ROMs in that too. It's not, it's
1: not portable, but. Well, let's put it this it, way: yeah. with how many handhelds have been created that, that are focused already... on emulation? That you can already do it. Why? Why get a dedicated yes. one for the C64? Right. It's it's the actual computer console with the keyboard that, yeah. to me, is the the attractive option.
0: here. Yeah, with with the ZX Spectrum Vega, it had a thousand ROMs built into it. To me, that was part of the the idea. Plus, it looks sleek as hell. This looks sleek too. Even though it's not a close up of it. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's not many different designs you can do of handhelds at this point. Yeah, they're not getting manufactured from. You know what I mean? Like the manufacturing is pretty much the same, probably on a lot of these. Whatever, whatever guts are inside of them.
1: Now, not that it would ever happen, but boy, howdy, would I love an Apple II version of this! Holy shit! Except Apple would sue them. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I am saying. It would never happen, would... but I would, <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would spend a day rolling around squealing.
0: I wonder if Apple would give up the licensing rights. I wonder if they would do that. I don't know.
1: Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'd buy it. Then
0: you might as well go for the good old
1: IBM XT clones that are, you know, a thousand yeah, different ones. G- give me a Tandy clone. Wait, mm-hmm. no, don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need an IBM compatible clone. Let me try to boot into DOS and have issues, just like the old days. <laughs> Let me <Yeah>. see everything <laughs> in CGA and EGA. Oh, I
0: missed. C- I didn't have EGA. I went from CGA to to uh, VGA or Super VGA, whatever.
1: Yeah, CGA was the 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 pink, the cyan, and the, yeah, same uh, the ugly
0: e- green. Yeah, literally four colors of goodness while I'm playing Commando. God, so nice. All right, we have a new world record for Super Mario Brothers on the NES for a speed run. I don't keep up with this news too much, uh, but the reason why this one I'm, I'm reporting on is because uh, it seemed that I don't know if it shattered. I guess shattered the record. This one, this new one, was done in 4:57.
1: Uh it was only about four hundred something milliseconds. Oh before I thought he was being in the five somewhere that it was. Uh, yeah, but this guy this guy has continuously whittled it down and I believe he beat the previous record by about four hundred and fifty something milliseconds. What's interesting though is we're getting to the point Super Mario Brothers is a huge game. And it's obviously one that is going to be uh sped run by many people over many, many years. This has been happening for a long time. And we're seeing diminishing returns. His
0: name's Darbian, by the way. That's a speeder. Darbian. Yeah,
1: Darbian. And after posting this record, what's the official time? 457 and 26 hundredths of a second. He's basically thrown up his hands and said, This is about all I can do. This is this is basically it. Um, when you are beating times by milliseconds, and it's not to say someone can't yeah. can't find another exploit at some point in the future, but at some point, you are going to beat a game as fast as it can be beaten. It's not like you can constantly keep whittling this down. Um, yeah, you, you can only... Memo- I mean, the patterns are there. Yeah. And you sort of... That's all you
0: got. You, know, you memorize the patterns. You memorize what the enemies are. You spend you years... You jump. It's muscle yeah, memory.
1: You spend years memorizing your, your angles, How exactly how much jump you need to put on something, and, and what angle you need to come off of an enemy at uh, to shave these milliseconds. And at some point... Um, it i feel like it must have been incredibly ga- uh, uh, gratifying for darby and to 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 get this record but at some point it, it's not gratifying as a process i would imagine sure. to keep trying to just shave the smallest parts off at some point you've accomplished what you wanted to do you're a badass yeah, I mean, you're he, done he
0: knows i mean at, th- t- at this level he knows like where the hit boxes are like he's literally jumping. Touching the piranha plant, but not enough to die. He yeah. was literally at the end. It looked like he, to me, it looked like he died. He was jumping into the tail end of the hammers being thrown by Bowser, mm-hmm. and not dying. So, like you, you have to know that shit in order to have the confidence to to get that close without dying. It's incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible.
1: It's it's an amazing feat, but. Um, I agree. I feel like we've we've reached the apex of what we're going to get with uh, Super Mario Brothers speedrun. I
0: want to see it going through all eight worlds proper versus doing the warps. That'd be interesting. Me.
1: Uh, I believe there actually, you know, there is a separate speed run for that for, for that
0: because obviously with that there's a hell of a lot more room for error. Yes, that because because. Yeah,
1: because what is it? You you play through eight levels, uh, I believe. If you do it this way with the warp zones for for the the I believe one, the opto- one, two,
0: four, one, yeah. four, 2 and eight.
1: This is what is yeah. known as an any percentage speed run, which means with that you case. can skip everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would see. I Eight I feel versus like,
0: thirty two. Yeah, that's a big.
1: I feel like there's a lot more room for error and a lot more room for improvement if you're doing it all the way through. Yes, and that's going to be interesting to see where that goes.
0: Because I'm sure not everyone's figured out all the exact ways, and maybe there's a little more randomness. In, in those with the cheap cheeps and stuff like that, maybe there is. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Cheap cheeps, yeah. Cheap cheeps are pretty
1: random. Aren't they, they seem some, semi- yeah. They, I, I. Well, if, wow. there, if there is a pattern to cheap cheeps, I never exactly figured it out. When I was
0: a kid, wow, they fucked me up the first time. What was that two three level when they first show up?
1: Uh, the the bridge is two three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah wow, did they screw me up? Yeah, I was like, You're like, oh
0: my god, I'm afraid to walk.
1: That was right in a, your that face. was a that was a brick wall for me for a long yep. time. That was a brick wall for a
0: couple, a couple days. days. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh god, yeah. That was the thing playing Super Mario Bros. as an aside, is that, like, that's when you're seeing these sort of gameplay elements for the first time, it's insane, which is why it's such an important game.
1: Every level that I I beat when I was a kid playing Super Mario Bros. because it was such a new type of game was a huge accomplishment. Oh yeah. Because you just weren't expecting that type of gameplay. And
0: then you get to what world was it? Four? Like,
1: wow, it's at night. And it's like, what? Or Whoa, it, everything's
0: changed. Was it four or three at night?
1: Uh four is at is night. Is four at night? I should know. No, 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 no. It's not four. Or five. Four one is the first level with Lakitu. It's three. Three, three is it it's three and six, I think. Three and six. Wow, nighttime.
0: This is insane. The game has changed, son of Flynn. Not not as important as Space Invaders though, but but good, no- <laughs> good never the good nevertheless.
1: What a weird time to bring that up.
0: Every podcast going forward, it's a new Danny uh, Sullivan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, here's something that's uh, it's it's interesting. GameStop is starting its own publishing wing and it's called Game Trust. And it's fairly easy to see why um, GameStop is doing this. Um the Uh, First game that they are going to be publishing is going to be by Insomniac Games, um, who created Ratchet & Clank. But they are also working on uh, publishing games by the creators of Trine, the creators of The Order 1886, and the creators of Deadlight uh, Tequila Works. Um, GameStop is in a position where they are going to no longer necessarily be able to fight the inevitable digital future. Mm Mm-hmm. And if they want to be able to make money, they're going to need to adapt. In the past, GameStop has attempted to make money in a somewhat similar fashion by making a game exclusive to GameStop. For example, uh, Z- uh, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles for the, uh, the, uh, the original uh, Wii. Um, but they are still buying from a publisher, uh, from a distributor... And they're still taking a cut off the top. They stand to make a lot more money by publishing their own games. So basically, they're cutting out the middleman. They're offering deals to these companies. And not only does this become a GameStop exclusive, but they're making uh a a much larger share of cash well they also can put it on steam obviously too right yeah well I, and I, I do feel like a lot of see. this is going to be digital downloads it's not necessarily going to be physical although they've even said that that physical will become a thing that they that they they do um you know a lot of these games are going to be digital games and that's going to create a lot of profit for them because there's no manufacturing costs involved oh sure um for a company that needs to to write to, to, to the ship, so to speak, this actually, I mean, I'm not one to say a lot of good things about GameStop, and I don't know that this is going to work out for them. This isn't the dumbest idea they've ever had. No,
0: not like selling cell phones in their store or things like that. Right. Or the retro game Endeavor.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. The retro game endeavors. Which well, is probably making them pocket change overall through all the issues that they've been having. It's, it's a bit of a mess. Um, I'm not sure which article it was, but there was one where, um, you know, one of the heads of GameStop was like, we've always been all about the games and games is all we do. And it's like, No. No, you got into tablets and smartphones, and you started grasping at straws to do whatever you can. Um, maybe under the GameStop name, you're moving now towards more trust games, but you have other ventures because you are desperate. Um, this might be one of the smartest moves they've made in a long time. I think
0: uh, their business looks like it dropped this past uh, holiday season. So, two point nine four billion in the year before was at. 3.15. So it dropped 6.7% year to year. Now, could be just due to hardware sales itself, but it's probably people just not buying stuff at GameStop as much overall. Right. Or people just going on buying Steam games versus buying console games. You know, it could be a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and as digital, uh, you know, becomes more and more of a reality, um, you know, you can buy... I th- I think it's almost laughable. You can go to GameStop and buy a digital copy of a game and then go home and scratch off the code and download it. Which is insane. It's absolutely insane. So, you know, eliminating that aspect of their business is probably not a bad thing to do.
0: But Are, are they biting off a little more than they can chew here in terms of
1: guiding these developers in publishing? I mean, like... Well, from what I read, I mean, they're going to be fairly hands off, and and uh, when I read "fairly hands off" and giving and giving the developers, uh, you know, basically all the say, that to me actually reads a little bit more desperately. They're like, just give us something so, that we can publish, and you know, that we can make. Yeah, we'll money just off we'll of. just throw money at you, right? And, and hope that game. we make more yeah. money because we're not really in a position to be telling you what you can or can't do. Especially that can lead,
0: with, that can lead to disaster if it a game could. comes out that's garbage, though. No, yes. Too. Oh yeah. Oh,
1: I'm not saying this isn't a gamble, I'm just saying yeah. that of a lot of of a long string of bad or odd or silly ideas, this could potentially work out well for them to a degree. However, I don't see GameStop necessarily being taken seriously as a publisher. They want
0: to do their own exclusive online quote unquote real estate instead of just putting on, on Steam then. That's kinda weird.
1: No, I don't think that's what they mean. I think they basically sure. want to create an imprint for themselves where they are their own entity in terms of publishing. Is that what that means? I think so. I don't. I don't. Re, online oh. real estate to me does not. I think that means that they are creating items that can be. Per, I don't think they mean that they're going right. to try to do a different. They could not possibly be stupid enough to try to add another right. specialized online store.
0: I see it maybe an extension of their online. Website where where you can download games. I
1: don't know. Well, but you, but if if they're going to integrate PSN, Sony's going to have something to say about that. If they're going to integrate Xbox Live. Those companies are going to want those games to be easily available through their own distribution methods. And
0: it says a uh, VR when relevant. Ooh, if they can do a VR GameStop employee game. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, God, you can just offer the 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 discount club membership to everyone. Yeah. if you don't, it goes down. Then I mean, you got to deal with people that. Go into your dumpster and try to sell so you I was going to say, you can games? make a
1: dead face at someone who thinks they're fucking super goddamn clever because they just sold you games out of the fucking trash for a $5 game. And you got to be like,
0: okay, I see you with the camera for your YouTube channel. Okay, I'll just give you the seven bucks. There you go. That.
1: And I'm going to call the cops on you because I hate you afterwards. Because you're a fucking prick. <laughs> oh, Ian, how do you really feel about Those it? Those guys rubbed me such a wrong way. Like, I, they were... They're, fucking assholes they're, they're rebels yeah they're so fucking cool man <laughs> fight the power you pieces of shit all right then so i <laughs> took a turn so, so i had to get it out i'm so
0: sorry <laughs> oh man you, that's gonna be a fun day on twitter uh ubisoft is going to ban division players who exploit a shoddy coding so what's what's been happening is, I'm t- trying to understand how this works
1: okay I can I can okay. explain it to you since okay. I play the division so okay. the, the most recent the most recent update added a raid uh, called Falcon lost uh, similar to destiny you do this raid and you get specialized loot at the end of it that drops once a week that you use to create full sets of gear now what full sets of gear now each individual piece that you get is um, is very powerful but when you complete a full set of gear you get additional bonuses in addition to just the powerful gear. So the goal here is that you have to grind this over and over again to get this full set of gear to become this uber player. They developed a... or they discovered, players discovered a bug that using a certain set of techniques allowed them to skip to the end without triggering any enemies and to uh, constantly harvest this gear. Because Ubisoft... Because it's fucking Ubisoft, and I like the division, but that doesn't excuse Ubisoft for being a company that releases fucking buggy as shit games. Um, didn't cover their asses on it, so now you've got people who have these full sets of gear in no time, and they're absolutely fucking dominating. The, everyone who does in the it. dark zone, which is sure. which is the player versus player uh, area of the game, and Ubisoft. <laughs> Because I just find this so ridiculous! Is threatening to ban players for their own goddamn fucking mistakes. Tell you what, if you oh. don't want people, exp- it's not like these people oh. created cheat bots or are hacking the game from the outside to make this happen. These are people who are simply exploiting Ubisoft's shit fucking code.
0: Sure.
1: I'm sorry. I don't. F- I, I feel like ooh, this is this is on Ubisoft.
0: But if not everyone can do the same exploit, them. you're creating an imbalance in the gameplay. No, but everyone can. But not everyone will or has the knowledge to do it. That's, sure. That's where it becomes an issue. They are, in my opinion, are looking out for, by and large, no. people playing the game.
1: I, I mean, in, in the end, I would prefer actually, that this, this does I'm not... I'm siding with Ubisoft here. I disagree with you. I think that... I'm not if, siding with the cheaters. I'm saying that Ubisoft uh, has a lot of gall to place all the blame on the people who are no. cheating. No it has nothing to do with blame it's like this is our game we're setting
0: the rules abide by them it's not like they're blanket, blanketly just banning people they're gonna warn people and then if you don't follow the rules still all right you're gone which is within their right to do that it's their game sure when you get a game there's an end user license agreement they have a code of conduct it's like to me it's like producing a board game follow me here you produce a board game, you have a set of rules. You don't have to abide by those rules,
1: but you should. You should to be fair and not be a dick. No, perhaps... Yeah, no, That's. I agree. I, I think this is just an overall general distaste for Ubisoft and how they release fucking bug-to-shit products back and forth. Um, if, you want, if you want people to abide by these rules, then double-check to make sure that there aren't these exploits that can be discovered within days. Well, then hopefully they just patch it to end it. And yeah, I hope they, they patch, just it, patch it and, end it. and take
0: away the the, the shit. From I would people. like that just to happen that. too because I will.
1: like the game and I want the game to be played fairly. Yeah. But like I said, it's not like these are people who are maliciously going out and yeah, hacking okay. the game and breaking code. This is code that's already fucking broken. Their code of conduct says code, yes.
0: they have a code of conduct that says exploitation of any new or known issues or bugs is forbidden and may result in account suspension or revocation. It's clear. Users, Okay, that, that's their own code of conduct. Yes. Users caught doing this will first receive a temporary suspension, um, and then eventually a permanent ban if they're caught doing multiple times. So that's fine. You get a suspension. Just don't do it anymore. You probably suspend it for like 24, 40 hours. What's the big deal? Well, I, 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 I understand that Ubisoft puts out shit, s- unfinished games, but people are taking advantage of this, and they're making it unfair for everyone else or unfun for everyone else. Right.
1: I'm not saying that's okay. I just think Ubisoft needs to own up and realize that this is a huge part, in in, in large part, their mistake.
0: Yeah, sure, but people... This one person said though, uh... uh, Redditor Carpe Bedlam wrote to the developers, you get to decide what we can and can't do in your game world. You set the rules of this world, we simply inhabit that world, and use the mechanics given to us by you. Bottom line, if you don't want people doing something in your game, design your code so it's not possible. Sure, but they also said they set the rules. Sure. Okay. They are, they're giving you the sandbox, but they're also saying, don't throw the sand into the person's face next to you. They can do that. Sorry.
1: If not, don't play their game. No, that that's fair. I just feel like you know. better quality control would eliminate this problem of, entirely. Of
0: course. But to bitch at them for coming down on people exploiting it, it's within their right to do that.
1: Like I said, I'd rather have a fair game. I just, like I said, maybe I'm just tainted because Ubisoft in general has constantly released fucking garbage. And this is a game that I actually like, and I would like to see them fucking take care of it.
0: <laughs> you said taint.
1: Alright. <laughs> so, YouTube drama! Right, you fucking lead on this shit. Uh, so, I guess...
0: Drama's been uh, big on YouTube the past month or two. I mean, it goes back to, uh, uh, you know, our H3H3 H3 going after pranksters, uh, like Sofo Antonio... For example, I kind of feel like that's warranted. Um, but then it was like H3H3 versus this guy named Leafy because H3H called them out for doing a video about um, making fun of a kid who who had uh, who had some sort of uh, learning disability. then that was drama that's happened. So it seems like drama drama right now is in like drama is like what is what's selling right now on YouTube. There's a big uh, sort of TMZ is channel which has like. Almost a million subscribers named Keemstar. I won't get into the individual personally because he has a sort of storied and checkered past. That's kind of weird. Uh, But he runs this sort of show where he he has drama alert where he goes, you know, he, he talks about the drama and issues going on between YouTubers and sometimes even has them on to debate. So there's a lot of views happening here for this, for better or for worse. So the reason I want to talk about this is that two very big YouTubers came out within the past week. Markiplier and PewDiePie and talked about YouTube drama um, Markiplier came out on April 11th said YouTube has changed a 12 minute video and then P- PewDiePie who was the king of YouTube uh, came out the video on April 16th saying YouTube drama a 3 minute video I want to focus on what Markiplier's video said because that's what I have more issues with but I also want to talk about why I think it's why these videos are happening when they're happening now so Markiplier in his video to his credit said hey this is kind of rambling and I'm being hypocritical to his credit because his video was hypocritical and rambling yes he I didn't have a cohesive point at all
1: as a it. person who has no context and no wow. real awareness of, of YouTube and it's, its going on uh, I watched that video for this podcast and came out of it with almost nothing and was happy at the end when he was like I don't know if I made any points it's like fucking good I'm glad I'm I'm not just an idiot for not grasping what you're getting at here Sure. So,
0: one of his main complaints, Markiplier, in this video is that YouTube has changed, is that it's being focused on, quote-unquote, pessimism, uh, is sort of churning it, and that the content itself has changed. So, one of his big points he makes in this video is that, to him, there's less, in quotes, creative content being put on YouTube versus how it was in the good old days um which i thought was strange because there's lots of creative content on youtube mm-hmm. you just have to find it like anything else now it may not be it may not be that content that's actually popular or that's getting seen but it's out there people are doing good stuff on youtube people are also doing uh i would say sort of throwaway content or easily digestible content that you watch once and never again that's also being done too which i'll get into cuz he brought up that issue himself so he I, he's yearning for the good old days of YouTube, which again, why is hypocritical? Because he himself is is guilty of this. The days where you put out content, you're proud of. He referenced a video that he done did years back. That oh, that content's always going to be there, and I love that video. I'm proud of it, and it's there, and that's great. Versus doing, in his words, let's play this game. Video number thirteen in the series where no one's going to give a shit about it years down the line, which is what I've told people before too. It's like, yeah, you could do all these videos, but it's gonna be a video people are gonna watch later on. Are people gonna really gonna watch that Game Grumps video twenty years from now? Right. Is it a video you're gonna that uh, you can put on D V D or Blu ray when I want to watch on the T V five years from now? Probably not. It's throwaway content that's fun at the time, but it's like, you know, it's like junk food. Yeah.
1: Uh, which has its place.
0: Which has its place, of course. But to criticize it is very strange. strange. Yeah. Especially when you made your bones doing throwaway content on YouTube. Yes. Which, again, to his credit, he admitted, admits he's being a big hypocrite because he is. Uh, so Markiplier does lots of Let's Play videos and Let's Play this video number twenty-five. You know where he's doing series of this and he puts out multiple videos a day. He has the YouTube system down to a science because all these big YouTubers have it down to a science because that's how they get big by and large. Right. They know how they know how the system works. I just said no, like Ali says no. Yeah. Uh, they know that they have to put out content certain times during the week. They know how to work the SEO or search engine optimization. They know that they have to put out multiple videos a week. It has to be uh, titled a certain way. The thumbnails are a certain way. It's a science now to make money. Which and and Markiplier says, "Well, I don't wish it have to be this sort of money, you know, wheel system going around." But Mark, you design the spokes. Yeah, you turn it. You're, you're one of the, you established the structure of how people make money on YouTube. You did it. You can't complain
1: about it. Right. You're the system. You're the man. Yeah, you're not the outsider. It's just mind boggling
0: to then criticize. There's a fairly large lack of
1: self-awareness
0: here. Yes. Yes. He's not just the 1%. He's the top 0.1% of YouTubers. Right. He's one of the probably less than 20 or so YouTubers making millions a year on YouTube. Not a few hundred, hundred thousand, millions. Six, uh, excuse me, seven figures. So, it's one thing to say, going back to complaining about the drama and people getting views for drama, and it's creating this pessimism. <sighs> You can't define what YouTube is, because you're at the top. Right? It's not your place. He you, you can say, "Well, YouTube was about uh, f- uploading fun videos and uh, f- stuff that everyone could enjoy." YouTube wasn't about let's play videos until a few years ago. Before that, I could have said, or anyone could have said, "Well, YouTube's not about let's play videos." It's not Markiplier Tube or PewDiePie Tube. It's YouTube. And as much as I don't like content being put out under channels, I don't like drama channels, a TMZ-style channel, I don't respect it that much. No. But it has its place and people want to watch it. I can't complain it's out there. It has every right to exist If people are watching it. The market's deciding. I hate to say it. People like that content, they're going to watch
1: it. Well, he's he's appealing for change based on the fact that you decide what YouTube is. Well, they they are deciding they what are
0: YouTube. you They are. You, collective, are deciding they want to see... Uh, drama shit. If you they want to, if
1: you don't like that, I'm sorry. But once again, you said that they get to choose this. I don't want to see PewDiePie videos, but I'm not going to tell them not the producer. I'm not going to tell other people not to watch it. The popularity of drama videos did not appear out of nowhere. There's a reason why TMZ is popular. By the way, we're creating drama by discussing the drama of. We are, but we're not being hypocrites. No, I didn't of- mean us necessarily. Oh. I, I meant like his video. Oh, oh, of course it is. Because now there's like... and, and PewDiePie's video did the exact uh, yeah, same and, thing. And, and By talking against this drama, you're, cre- you're creating drama.
0: Yeah, and PewDiePie called out people directly. Like, Yeah, Markiplier didn't. Markiplier did it. Markiplier was trying to be middle of the road, which is why it was a rambling video, because I don't know what purpose it serves well, at Well, that's all.
1: why I didn't follow it, because without any reference points, I couldn't fucking follow it. Yeah, he's complaining about it being a money...
0: Like, what about money, and it's like, this is where I have a problem with the self-awareness, because... You can't complain about YouTube being now all about the money when you're making millions doing it. It's, it's really just disingenuous to say, well, it used to be about fun, man. It's funny when, you, when you're when you making a mountain load of cash doing it. When you're not, you want to try to, if you want to make uh, money and get as much many views as you can, that's up to you how you want to do it. Well, then I agree with that. That's another issue. But I'm not going to deny you your right to do it. And he shouldn't be denying people their right to do it how they want to. Right. If they're not breaking any laws, they're not doing fake prank videos on the street harassing people. I had I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to watch the shit, but I don't. You know. But this is why it's interesting, to me, and this is why I think there's ulterior motives at play because the fact that he had to put out this video and then within a few days, PewDiePie, his friend and buddy, and they're on that same network we talked about a few months ago. I mean, All right.
1: Yeah. I mean, what
0: I forget what it's called, the Happy Hat Network. What the hell was it? I don't know. I don't know, huh. <laughs> I
1: don't know what it was called. I'm picturing a weird
0: drawing or something. They, they Rainbow it, cum drops. I have no they, idea. Probably not. But they called it like the Avengers of you know the YouTube group. But Pew, But PewDiePie put out a his own video. And this is why. I think they're scared. They're scared now that they are the top dogs, they are the celebrities of YouTube. Markiplier and PewDiePie. are under a visit. microscope. They now see drama channels could potentially come after them spotlight them rightly or wrongly but now they got to worry because not if we talk about it and we have you know uh, a podcast that some people talk about but now if you have a channel get that has a million subscribers that puts up a video that's going to get half a million or a million views talking about potentially these individuals that's a problem to them correct because now they don't they don't have this invisible shield where oh hey youtube is uh it's all about the fun right why should we take it seriously They saw what happened just a few months back with the Fine Brothers getting destroyed, rightfully so. And that was without a huge channel just targeting them directly. That was the collective. What if you had them screw up or do something nefarious? Or even innocuous. Or maybe they're worried about not doing anything. But you have a spearhead of a big channel or a few going after them. Well, before, they didn't have to worry about that. They could they could have got away with it it wasn't for those meddling YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they gotta watch their back. And now maybe they don't like the fact that they are celebrities who can be spotlighted, because they are celebrities. They're the new type of celebrities, but they're celebrities.
1: Yeah. They are. You can act like you're not and that you're in it for fun and hey, we're just along for this crazy ride, but there is responsibility here.
0: It's not just responsibility. You give up some some of uh, anonymity anonymity. When you're making millions of dollars a year and people want to know about what you're doing. I mean, it's shitty, but that's the truth. Yep. And so it's not it's not like this isn't. This wasn't coincidence that they both put these videos out. They're trying to shame people from liking these drama videos, to try to say, "Well, but I think it's going to backfire." Now it's just going to spotlight it more.
1: Oh yeah, it's absolutely. Be like, people right. are
0: like, "Oh, there's a drama channel that I should check out." Oh, this is funny and frivolous, but I'll watch it. And I just think they shouldn't have worried about it. It's like it's weird because of all the times they should have come out and spoken about about YouTubers in the past. Like I said, they should have spoke out about, about Fine Brothers, about the Fine Brothers. They didn't. Oh, I, I, Markiplier may have tweeted at something. But oh, okay. they didn't. They didn't do videos, though. No. Uh, they, they. They. And PewDiePie. I remember. I, I. I wanted them to speak out about that. F- that fuckhead, who uh, Sam. Uh, Sam Pepper. Yep. And everyone was silent. And that's where you should have spoken out. Exactly. That was awful content.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: so now they're afraid they're going to be in the crosshairs. I think. I think that's what it comes down to. Sure. So anything else to add, Ian? Or are we going to show up uh, on a drama, drama video one day? I sure hope so maybe talking about people doing a video going to a GameStop dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> Movie topics time!
1: Rogue One, Ian! So, yeah, this is a little a little bit older, but, uh, the Rogue One teaser trailer has, uh, has, has dropped, and, uh, there was some drama about it. People upset over strong female characters. Uh, I'm just gonna cut to the point. I think the movie looks fucking fantastic. Uh, just from the the teaser. Was it a
0: Mary Sue character? I'm still trying to. Find I don't a, even fucking know, and
1: I don't care. You can fucking jerk off in their own mouths. Um, I think the movie, just from the teaser trailer, looks very promising. Um, and it's because of one simple reason. It is a. Movie set in the Star Wars universe that has every opportunity to shed all of these Star Wars tropes and stereotypes and simply tell a story like I said in that universe. We can do this without Jedis. We can without do th- lightsabers every- We, c- we yeah. could do this without a lightsaber duel. Uh, we could do this I, I mean there- there's a lot of ways this can happen. Um, it contains one of my favorite actors in the world, Forrest Whitaker. I squealed out loud in the store when I saw him. Um, the uh, I squealed when I saw Donnie Yen. Yeah, that's going to be great, Donnie. too. Um, there's really great shots. I think, uh, what, is his name Gareth Edwards, the guy who did the Godzilla remake? I thought that was beautifully shot. Uh, tons of very Cinema nice fo- shots. Cinematography is very nice. Yeah, in this trailer. Um, I wasn't really... Necessarily excited about this the the, the 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 title of it before we even saw the trailer was you know Rogue One a Star Wars story it made me think of like a PG rated you know whatever what I saw looks very compelling I'm yeah. almost more interested in seeing this than I was the um um The Force Awakens yeah, it, it, it looks they have a freedom not to be contained within the saga yes to follow the Skywalker
0: saga you know which is every freaking movie right um they can they can have fun. So Rogue One, if you didn't know, um, is the story of how they went out and captured the original Death Star plans. Like, what was the team that actually did it? So, before this, the canon was, before Disney threw out the canon, was the extended universe based upon the Dark Forces video game, was Kyle Katarn, Katarn was a mercenary hired, and it was actually the first mission of the game, him being in the Death Star, excuse me, not being the Death Star, being in some location, uh, you get the plans and you bring them back. And that sets off you know, the, the Dark Forces series, which was, what, three or four games. Now, I I am bothered, because I love that character, that he wasn't included, but I understand they want to do their own thing. Right. I thought it would be nice to then incorporate something in the universe, but I, apparently they're not going to do any of that. Um, there's a great shot in the trailer of, like, the uh, the Star Destroyer coming out, and then you see the, the shadow being removed, and you see, well it's a Death Star. Yeah. You have to see, like, the cone... The, the inverted cone being put where the Death Star ray b- beam comes yeah. out, like that's cool stuff. I'm not going to focus on the strong female things. I actually I didn't see a lot of that backlash uh, with this. Really, you didn't? It was fucking all over. Nah, I, I, I didn't see it. I will say this though, I have nothing against strong female characters. Can we do one that doesn't look like a 20 years old though? Can we go up in age a little bit? Yeah, give me a 30 year old one. Can we get like a 40 year old? Like I, that's that's where I think that could be panning it slightly. Let's, like, if you really want to expand it, let's get an older female character. Right. I think that a, a somewhat grizzled
1: character, you know. That probably would have actually been a pretty good fit for this, honestly. How about a Kate like...
0: Blanchett or something? Like, <laughs> throw some dirt on her. Right. You know you know what I mean? Uh, but I, I like it's a ragtag crew. I like that you hear some of the sounds, like the alarm sound from the first Star Wars. Like... It's like, oh, this seems like this is really original trilogy. Like, now we're back in that sort of mood. Yep. Uh, I don't know if there's any, like, it'd be cool to see if, like, if there's any, like, sort of aliens as part of their crew, or, um, any, any cyborg characters or robots.
1: I don't know, it's, it's gonna be interesting, it's gonna be a fun time, I'll see this in the theater, i am really, it. really not looking forward to having to fucking cover two more trailers of this, because I just want this to kind of be a surprise going in.
0: Ah, you're gonna get two more, though. This yeah. is a really early teaser to be, like, uh, eight months out to see. And then, uh, yeah, I, it's almost like you forgot about this because Star Wars. This was so weird about it because now there's always going to be a Star Wars movie in production for like right. the next five years, at least. Probably for the rest of our lives, is going to be. They're going to do the obviously Episode Eight and Nine, and they're going to do which I don't agree with a young Han Solo movie, which I think is an awful idea. I do think that's a bad uh, idea. And well. a, a young Boba Fett movie, which I think is a uh, idea. It's almost like a Wolverine Origins. I really don't want to see it because we saw a ten year old Boba Fett in Attack on the Clones, and it was fucking terrible. I don't want to see kids... I don't want to see cool characters revert to kids. I just don't. Didn't yeah. work with... Uh, didn't work with uh, Darth Vader. I don't want to see fucking Boba Fett anymore. But anyway. Uh, so we'll see... We'll, you know, we'll see what happens in good old December. Then, Which is weird, because by the time that comes out, there's going to be a teaser for episode 8. There's It'll probably lead off Rogue One. It's just... This is a world where... This is the best time to be alive, if you like movies and geek stuff. Speaking of a great time to be alive on planet earth there has already been
1: two screenings of Civil War and sadly it's sitting at 29 oh sorry no never mind oh no it's not no it's not sitting at 29% okay my bad wrong movie
0: this is how you know Marvel slash Disney is confident when they screen a movie for critics like three weeks before the movie comes out yeah they're pretty fucking confident they have a hit on their hands, and they're mm-hmm. not afraid.
1: No. <laughs> no, because if they didn't have one, this could totally trash opening box office.
0: Exactly, which is why I hate to compare it, guys, but Batman and Superman, there was an embargo until the Wednesday before, like two and a half days before, actually a day before, for reviews to come out. Yeah. They knew maybe it wasn't going to be the best word of mouth. And it looks like uh, the past weekend, Jungle Book, so the third weekend in, they lost number one spot. Uh, they, actually, they, they lost it, well, they first lost it to that... Melissa McCarthy movie but then Jungle Book did Gangbusters the past weekend but no one gives a shit about Batman vs Superman anymore it only came out like three weeks ago like no one gives a shit nope it's over it's done it's gone it's gone it's it's not going to get to a billion worldwide it's probably it's it's a lost leader for the rest of the DC uh, universe movies it's not going to make money on it's own but hopefully like Suicide Squad which a new trailer came out uh, the third trailer already uh, came out for that and then uh, it's going into Wonder Woman uh, Wonder Woman which I think they pushed up to early June next year, I think. Um, so here's the point, though. I hate Andre Meadows, my friend, Blackner Comedy, because he went to the fucking premiere. Oh, bastard. Son of a bitch. Then I missed out on the early screenings. They had fucking right by us. Really? They had advanced screenings, which I found out like the day of, and I was like, why Why, why wasn't I looking for this? Holy shit. I went to advanced screening of that uh, Tom Cruise movie, uh, what was it, a year or two ago, that one where he keeps dying. I went to uh, advanced screening. And it was actually a good movie. Um, where it was like kind of like Halo. With
1: oh, edge, edge, of the, edge, edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow. It's actually
0: a really good movie. Um, so I went to advanced screen and that, and I think I could have... You had a shot. It was probably sold, sold out or sold out or free. It was probably gone within 10 minutes. I think they put it up on... Uh, they tweeted out on, like, April 8th, and then it happened last week. They showed it. Gotcha. So now i got to wait to see Captain America Civil War... Which there's nineteen reviews out so far, all but one are are positive and the one that was bad was a very weak sort of well, it didn't do what I thought it should have done. It's it's just constantly building a world that's not ending any stories. Thank well, that's what comic books do. Yeah. They they do end stories. They
1: do
0: they do end stories, but they're like soap operas. There's always something else going on to right. like, build upon. It's very hard to have segmented stories. Make that
1: complaint if this was supposed to be the last Marvel Universe movie, but it's Which will
0: never will be. they will be made until no. we're dead and gone. we will be phase 47. and I'll be, <laughs> My teeth will be falling out. Uh, so, more importantly, the average rating right now on Rotten Tomatoes is 8.4 out of 10. It's a conspiracy! Disney paid them! No, Disney slash Marvel is just making damn good movies. Yep. It happens. It can happen. They're not biased against superhero movies. They're buying it against Zack Snyder's shit superhero movies.
1: Yeah, I I, I am.
0: (laughs) So real quick, just running down some of the highlights. Uh, Call it Civil War. Call it brand extension. Call it a cinematic universe or corporate behemoth. The latest Marvel extravaganza furthers the studio's cross-pollination of action franchises in a way that's sure to satisfy devotees. That's from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, From Variety the most mature and substantive, substantive picture to have yet emerged from the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Which is saying something when, when Winter Soldier kind of transcended superheroes with some actual uh, meat to the story sure. and the message to it. Uh, from
0: uh, USA Today. Tear away the powers, abilities, and egos though. And the third Captain America movie is at its core a deep exploration of friendship and family and what sacrifices should, ha- should be made to hold on to both. So you have themes. You have superhero action, but nice themes to sort of bind it together. Right. That's what these, especially Captain America movies, have been about, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. Now when you look at the trilogy of these movies, the Captain America ones are going to be the strongest by far. Oh, yeah. Which is funny, because when it started out, people were like, oh, that's cheesy, Captain America fighting World War II. And now it's like, these are the best collection of movies. Mm-hmm. Even if the first one is, it won't be as good as these, it was still a good movie, the first Captain America, I thought. Uh, so... This uh, trying to avoid spoilers is going to be hard. I mean, spoilers in the comics, Captain America dies. Yeah. So you know, there's a chance he might die well, in the movie.
1: No, he doesn't. It's it's okay. no no. I don't even mean that. It's it, it, in in the Civil War arc, he does not die.
0: Well, afterwards. Yeah. At the tail end, where he's led away in cuffs.
1: Right afterwards. Yes. Yeah.
0: So there's a chance that in the movie he could, but you think they would bring him back for the Infinity Wars? Either way, they'd find a way to bring him back. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. You know.
0: Because they haven't, they haven't killed the character yet and brought him back in the Marvel universe. It hasn't happened yet. So you figure, eh, you're always good for one. And why not Captain America? Because he's beloved, and Chris Evans is doing a fantastic job playing the character. And at this point, that's all he's basically acting at this point, is doing Captain America. Right. He's not really doing anything else. And, he's, and Plus he's signed for like nine movies or whatever the hell else. So he's got like four more left or three more in his contract. You know, he's been in five. Uh, so what's more important, or just as important, is people love they love three things. They love Black Panther. They think it's an awesome character, and his movie is coming out in uh, 2018 or early 2018. Uh, they love. They said that airport fight is the best superhero fight ever put on film, and you don't. You haven't seen any of it in the trailers. You've seen like not even five percent of it. That massive airport fight is going to be amazing, supposedly. And speaking of amazing, the best Peter Parker slash Spider Man on screen to date that nails it. And thank you so much.
1: Yeah, because I'm looking at this point.
0: That. I hate to, I hate to say it. Uh, there was parts of Tony and performance. I liked this Peter Parker, not good Spider, not a good Spider Man. Andrew Garfield was a good Spider Man. Terrible Peter Parker looked like he was 40 years old. Now you have a young kid that fits a part, and people are saying knocked it out of the park. Now is the most surprising thing, and they're already uh, uh, going to start production on Spider Man Homecoming next year. And supposedly the rumor is that Michael Keaton is going to be the villain. Wow, I'm fucking stoked that that's happened. That's pretty fucking cool. That'd be great. I'm thinking that might haven't be the guy who does the Spider Slayer. That's in my own head. That could be a cool villain. They haven't done that at all in the movies. That could be a cool concept, you know, as as a starting off point. Because because really want to see the third Green Goblin right away. Third version of a uh, film Green, Green Goblin. Probably not. We, no. can, we can hold off for a couple films at least for that, you know. Because he's obviously he's the, you know the biggest Spider Man villain out there. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure who Michael Keaton can play. Morbius put white makeup on him, make him. The living vampire, you know. So, I'm stoked for this. I don't want to go off too much on this and set myself up for disappointment, but if this is even close to being Winter Soldier quality, I'm going to be impressed. I have a feeling it won't have as cohesive a story just because there's so many characters in this. Right. But I have a feeling the action is going to be insane, though. It's going to be like applause moments like that. You're gonna, oh, yeah. Because it's the Russo brothers who are, are doing no wrong. And, um, Dead Winter Soldier, and they're going to be doing Infinity War, so... And plus, I said, Ant-Man is very good in the movie. Like, like, he surprisingly is like, oh, crowd, please. Paul Rudd's awesome. Ant-Man's an awesome movie, I maintain.
1: I still need to see
0: it. You haven't haven't seen it? No. You gotta gotta catch up.
1: So, a lot of drama over the uh, Ghost in the Shell movie that is being filmed uh, and the casting of Scarlett Johansson as the uh, lead character. Um... I, I have some mixed feelings about this, but I, I, I have to say that I, I am on the side of this um, being uh, a, a fairly bad. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not happy with this choice. Um, the main character in Ghost in the Shell is Asian. Has always been Asian. It is an adaptation adaptation of an anime and we get one of the most popular white female actors to play the main character as opposed to an Asian female actor because they fucking exist. And I'm not sure why we need to uh, whitewash out the fact that the original character is Asian and change so much about it. Um, This does generally uh, upset me. And if this is necessary to sell the film... um, to a larger audience, I'm not sure that it's necessarily going to work. I feel like this is a movie that is going to appeal to the hardcore fans who know what this is. I'm not sure that this is going to have a broad appeal that putting a, a, a popular actress in the lead role is necessarily going to do a huge amount of help.
0: That's all you say. Okay. Uh,
1: I say? to I told you I didn't have a lot to say okay. on this.
0: This is a classic situation of getting a big actress um, or a big actor that's one of the biggest in the industry on board a project either because, they, either because they support it or they somehow got attached and without that happening, the movie would not have been greenlit. That's the bottom line when it comes to this stuff in Hollywood. It's not, to me, it's not a whitewashing just for the sake of whitewashing. It's, if you don't get a, uh, someone to, to get butts in the seat, we think that will, rightly or wrongly, it ain't going to get made. And that's what's happening here. Because in your wildest dreams, because you have seen a Ghost in the Shell movie even being made to begin with in Hollywood, I would never have guessed it. No,
1: and I feel like it's a bit too niche for this to matter, is my point.
0: So your your, your argument is you might as well get Asian actors in there, but my point is, if it's niche, it would not have been made without star power attached to it. Or otherwise, a foreign version gets made and you bring it over here, but it's very, very rare where you have foreign films made that get wide releases in the US it just doesn't happen
1: it's but, very rare but then what's the solution to the problem there is and, none instead of constantly casting there's, there's, no,
0: there's no solution it's just, it is what it is and it's shitty but that's what, that's what it is there's, if you got to the point where there were big Asian actors that were big here and not just overseas that had the star power to get someone like this made then there'd be no problem but that's not where we're at
1: obviously it's, I mean, you, you give me that look, but that's the, that's, that's the situation. I'm giving you the look because I have nothing else to say about it. That's the situation. I, I warned you of that going in. I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this it's topic me, the other cho- than the choi- I find that to be a very disappointing move. The, the choice is either you get
0: Scarlett Johansson in the lead role or you're going to get the movie made. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They're not going to put up the $100 million plus, $150 million, if they don't think they're going to recoup the cost by getting Scarlett Johansson. This to get people in the theater. I mean, that's what. Just, that's, just a, that's just That's
1: that's what it's what it is. Then maybe don't make it because you've pissed, okay. because you've pissed off your you you've pissed off the majority of the fan base by doing this.
0: Well, that well, that's a good point. But if they figure that well, there's a lot more casual moviegoers than Ghost in the Shell fans, which is the case. Then it's not going to matter.
1: Well, this can be a litmus test then to see. How oh, absolutely, mu- I mean, how much that. how much someone how many people will go see a movie they may not know anything about yes. based on star power.
0: Which, well, that happens all the time. That That's the whole reason you have star power. No one's... Uh, there was someone saying that maybe, maybe for example... Uh, what did someone say? Suicide, Suicide Squad. There's a reason they put Will Smith in that movie. Obviously.
1: Star power. He helps get people in the theater. Fair enough, but I also feel like that movie would have been made anyways.
0: Yes, but it's the bonus that you're getting Will Smith in there to get the Will Smith fans in there. it's all Everything is calculated. When movies when movies are made for $100 million, the, it's all business calculations put in place. Besides, yes, you care about the quality of the movie, but we have to recoup the cost. This isn't for funsies. we got to make sure we make the money back. So for them, making this movie, the only way they, they can see it getting made and making their money is by getting a big actress in there, and Scarlett Johansson is arguably the biggest actress out there right now. Probably is. not for action, for sure. For action and just, I say the under forty. She's only like what thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. Yeah. So the, she's the best-known like hot young actress out there. Jessica Biel, no one cares about her anymore. She used to be fairly big. No one cares about her. It's Scarlett Johansson. So it's a weird situation, but I, I'm not familiar with the source turnout People are saying that it, that that character being Japanese is integral to the to the story and yes. the themes. So then it, it could hurt. So. Sorry, Ian. You're, you're not going to be. You're not going to like the movie. Good segment. I thought it was fine. I made my points. You got the press at reality, and then we move on. Okay, Q and A time on the CU podcast. Uh, at N hey Karen, what's going on? Karen, uh, one of the contributors to Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the NES Library. As an aside, um, does online gaming's transitoriness make it precious or too hard to love if loss is inevitable?
1: I feel like this question can be taken uh, two ways. Um, One would relate somewhat back to what we had discussed earlier in the show with the Nostalria server for uh, World of Warcraft and how things change too much and if it's constantly changing you you run the risk of losing what what you love about the game that you are playing since these types of games are constantly evolving uh, expanding, adding new players things like that. Um, how I look at this though uh, to a degree and I'm I'm, going to go back to something like um, oh The Division is a good option or or, or something like that or even the online aspects of a game like uh, the Dark Souls series where over time the online presence of these games which is either very integral or sometimes not integral at all um, it wears off over time as people's interest in the game wanes and a lot of that interest is at launch, uh, meaning that if you're not getting the game at launch, you are potentially missing out on a large part of the game that caused some people to love it, but you're going to miss out on it. Um, also, there is kind of this feeling to get this game and, and, and get a game that has a large online component. Um and grind it so that you feel like you're getting the most out of it before you can't get anything out of it anymore. Um, I think that's just something that we have to come to grips with as games focus more on online multiplayer and at the rate that games are released, sometimes yearly, that these heavily, heavily online-focused games do, yes, become sometimes temporary experiences and you have to take them and have fun with them while you can because yeah it's not going to last forever.
0: So you can take the question of being does the fact that online gaming and the fact that they make changes to the gameplay itself, taking out features or the fact that the servers disappear uh make it it's a different experience versus how it used to be. Or so or- so is is it worth it or is it possible to get attached to it as you once could with video games?
1: I, I, no, I think that I think that's a lot harder. I, I think that's yeah, that's a good point. It is a lot harder to to get attached to that stuff, knowing that at some point it's going to disappear. Um, I mean, I knew even when playing Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast that uh, there was going to be a moment of heartbreak when I realized that that game was no longer going to be what it was in its first year of of, of play. That at some point. Uh, player um, you know um, player population was going to dwindle and the fun that you had in the first three months was not going to be there anymore so- but as i said it's it's just adapting to the time it's, it's 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 unfortunately having to look at video games in a certain in a new way but that's also why servers like that world of warcraft server exist is that there are people who want to trap that in a bottle and keep it forever
0: well i always point to mobile gaming as being something similar where it's a different sort of experience that you have to accept it on its, on its surface that you're not gonna be you're not gonna be playing that game five years from now most likely no the people playing it won't be around it, it may not be up there or you can't delete it you get a new phone you won't be able to download it again it's it, it, that's
1: actually happened to me already the other yeah. day I was trying to think of a mobile game that I really liked right? Uh, it turned out it was called Swords and Poker. It was really fun. Swords and Poker. Yeah, it was a really fun like RPG battle game where you laid out cards and had to create poker hands to, to attack. And I was like, man, I bought that, and I want to play that again. And I went to go download it, and you know what? That version of it that I paid for outright was completely unavailable, and it was replaced with a free-to-play uh, version, and that was my only option. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this sort of stuff does does happen all the time. At, insert coin news. How come
0: upscalers aren't more popular than a Retron Five? Don't we want to play on original hardware
1: as collectors? Well, I think that abs- that's absolutely dependent on the, the the personal collector. The easy answer is, um, upscalers are three hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars. A Retron is one hundred and forty to one hundred and sixty dollars. Um, I, and I think this is a little black and white. Just because someone wants a Retron doesn't mean that they're not playing their games on original hardware as well. Mm-hmm. The Retron covers some of the most popular systems to collect for. With the exception of N64 right now and excluding all disc-based systems, it covers Nintendo, Genesis, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, and the import versions. These are the bread and butter of modern-day Retro collecting. Sure, It's HDMI out. You get all these systems in one. An upscaler, which I have. I have a Framemeister, and I love it. Does not provide you any ability to play uh, a game. How much is a Frame Meister? About 300 to 350. I uh, fifty. I'll say 350. Okay, go. So, now I lost my, my train of thought. Oh, a Framemeister doesn't give you the ability to play any game. It's simply offering you the upscaling feature. Um, a Retron gives you the opportunity to play... Upwards of ten different systems, if you count the the uh, the import versions, and it does 720p upscaling and gives you the option for scan lines. Is it as advanced as something like the uh, the, the FrameMeister? Does it give you the options for scan lines and resolutions as the FrameMeister gives you? No. Is it good enough for? Un- well, it gives you
0: fake ones. Yeah. yeah.
1: Does it? Does it? Does, does it? Um, he threw me off again. Um, but does it make sense from. But, but is it good enough? Is it good enough for streaming? Is it good enough for most people? Yeah, it's good enough. Yes. I've captured for my videos off of that. The yeah. Retron 5 is a fantastic tool. For people who yeah. want to do certain things. That does not mean that these people are not playing on original hardware. But when they want to stream. When they want to play Super Nintendo with their friends on their big flat screen in the living room. You not want to swap out room. systems real quick. Yeah, that's why something like this is so popular.
0: Yeah, it's not perfect. There's obviously build issues with it. Hell, they sent me my... Remember, I, had a, I, I bought one for you because they didn't ship my, my, uh, yeah. my uh, sample one. The sample one was dead. There was no power to yeah, it. Yeah, DOA. Uh, so, but here's the difference: if if you spend three hundred fifty for a frame meister to get those systems, I calculated would be another three hundred fifty dollars to well, get all the systems.
1: And don't forget that if uh, 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 many of those systems need to be RGB modded for the frame meister to even really make any. Oh, okay. Sense. So then,
0: once you factor that, and you're looking at nine hundred dollars or more, maybe a thousand versus spending two hundred bucks. So it's like a seven hundred dollars savings. Of getting the Retron Five, that's just the reality, and most people, me included, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to get a, all the
1: goodness of the frame meister. I mean, I'm not. And a I would, big video file. Another like thing I'd love to point out about this is, you know, this seems to be coming from a purist mindset, which is fine. There is that. I mean, it's fine to be that kind of collector, but you have to remember that if you're running it through an upscaler, you're introducing lag. Yeah. I mean, whether you notice it or not, you're introducing lag, so you're not getting the purest experience anyways. Your pure experience comes from playing these systems on a CRT TV. When you're running from a Retron directly through HDMI, your lag is going to be much less, if if, if, if any. So, uh, there is no real true school answer here. If, if that's what you want, then get your CRT or get your PVM, get your system RGB modded, and cut out all the other bullshit. This is from the Hibiki TMD. If you could take any cartoon from your childhood and make it a game, what would you choose and what type of game would it be?
0: Mass Crusaders <laughs> working overtime fighting crime, fighting crime! Uh, yeah, obviously, Mask. I mean, come on. Come on. It, it, they only had, I think, a Mask game on... I want to say it was on... Maybe Commodore 64 in Europe? Maybe? I'm not positive. Uh, like, like probably a tape game, like they had like a right. hi- they had a Highlander tape game for God's sake sure. in Europe. I would have bought that in a heartbeat if it came out here. For example, <laughs> they had a big trouble little China one, which I yeah, bought. That, was that I three? remember. Yeah, you gotta watch that. Bl- do you-, you gotta watch that movie, still, Ian. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Come on, Ian. that was like seven months ago. Okay, anyway, thank yeah, you. you. for am every you. I'm shaving you. So anyway, so uh, movies. Uh, excuse me, movies, cartoons like Mask would have been great to have an NES game. Uh, he Man. Probably should have had one post in television. I don't even remember even the PC having one in like the I don't I, think Eighties. So. I don't think they had one. So he man definitely deserved one. Transformers deserved a better one right. back then. Of course, now you have uh, the Cybertron one supposed to be really good. That Cell Shade one is that even out yet?
1: Yeah, that, no, looks... that came out ages ago. It was the Cell Shed fantastic. Shed fantastic. one, fantastic. I have it. the newest yeah. one. It, yeah, it was a lot. It year? actually came out last year, I think. Yeah, that
0: looks that looks excellent. So like. We got that covered. There's big good GI Joe games. Uh GI Joe on the Apple uh I think it was Apple 2 was good back then. Yeah. You had the NES ones were great. They had the fucking awesome arcade one that you never see the arcade machine for. No, I've seen it twice in my life and it's it's a fantastic game. Emulate that on mame. That it's a great game. So we got those covered. But Mask was lacking, yeah. yeah. I feel like and Kiss and, and, and Kissy Fur
1: <laughs> I feel like Voltron was, was lacking, Voltron's too. Voltron's a big one. They did do one on the Xbox 360 Actually, There's a download title, but it, it was not particularly well received. I would have loved to have seen a good Voltron game, and it would have been pretty easy, too. Um you could have done it in the mold of some of the Power Rangers games that they released uh, in the 90s uh, I think very well uh, to me it seems like it would have been an excellent candidate for like a, a two part game where you have a beat up style stage like a double dragon style stage where you play as the different characters Sure. and then you have boss stages that play out a bit more like a fighting game where you're actually playing as Voltron against the well, monster of the
0: week maybe not beat em up but you know, shooting with lasers or something because they didn't really fight with their fists well, in Voltron they, they did did
1: they really? yeah I haven't
0: seen it in a while yeah, occasionally really?
1: Yes, I mean, but anyways, you 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 make a three quarter view game that oh, allows sure. you to play as the individual characters, and then you get the bosses at the end, obviously, where you play as is Voltron, and I think that would have played out perfectly.
0: I think we're missing like a Street Sharks video game that would have been awesome
1: Really, I'm surprised they never did one. seeing as how there was you... Biker Mice from Mars and Cowboys of Mumesa w well, well, why in the early '90s was it like we'll just get every fucking Eek the Cat had a game.
0: That was actually a good show, though. But let's just get every every. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying did it deserve a game? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying you had you had a time period where you had like, you had like animal humans, human hybrids, like street sharks, SWAT cats, Mooma so, SWAT cats. Well, I always forget about that one. Then you had like the the Mighty Ducks cartoon, where there are ducks I, I don't Aki. even remember that. It was a strange time to be alive. And that's when I started. <laughs> thank God for the X Men cartoon at that point, like 92, 93, because what else would I watch back then
1: Yeah, if I was going to watch that stuff? It was a
0: very strange time. All right. Uh, at Marcus Aurelius. The Marcus Aurelius? Really? Why wow. not? Still alive? Have you guys almost ever had a moment of madness and want to get rid of all your games?
1: Um I have a number of times and I had that moment of madness where I almost wanted to with my NES collection about four times before I finally did get rid of um my NES collection. Um all my games? No, probably not. I mean I, I don't I don't collect just to say I collect. I don't buy games just to say I do. I buy games because I enjoy them. Have I had the urge to drastically cut down? Yeah. Uh, there may be a day where I have a PC that can play games and I have my PC Engine collection. That, that may happen. I'm not saying I'm thinking about it now, but I, there will always be games in my life. But as I get older, I get more and more obsessed with eliminating the clutter and a lot of the material in my life that I don't necessarily need. And when I look around, a lot of that is made up of video games.
0: Yeah, I'm not at that point yet, but I do want to move. And if I move...
1: A lot of stuff's going to probably go. It's going to make well, it easy for you to get rid of stuff, I think.
0: It'll make it easier. Yes. Like, do I need, like, every single NES box console variant
1: behind me there it's like, stacked up to the wall? Probably not. No, it's cool, but, I mean, I, like I said, when it comes down to packing and moving, you're looking at, can I make some money off of this? Or am I really going to do another truckload of bullshit and try to find a place well, to put this? Well, when I moved across the
0: country, my collection was probably only 20% of what it is now. So right. it's a lot easier. And if I move, it's going to be me renting a U-Haul versus trusting... Some thugs coming out of fucking Hoboken to move my stuff from Eastern Europe that held me up for more money than they should have, but that's a whole other conversation. Yes. So anyway,
1: I've heard that story. You heard that that's story? Awful. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's miserable.
0: The thugs from Georgia, Georgia, not the state, the country. Okay. Yes. Anyway, that's, that's bad memories. Oh, was I saying? Oh, yeah, that's my moment of madness. Uh, then again, I'll probably move to a bigger place, hopefully, so I could fit the stuff better. But then it's like, yeah, it's like I don't need all those Genesis games. So, as I said this before. I don't need even those all those Super Nintendo games, N64 games, all over there. I don't need them.
1: Well, that's that's kind of my yeah. fear though. Is if say I say Vani and I did move into a bigger place, if you're not careful about it, if you don't start training yourself now to 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 limit yourself to what you're purchasing or to start shedding some of the excess stuff you don't need, what you're going to do instead when you move into a bigger place is just fill it. It's going to be like gas in, 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 in an area. It's just going to fill the space that you give it. You're just going to find more stuff to fill that space unless you do. unless you train yourself to cut it down.
0: Yeah, I didn't have shelves in there before on the one side. I built shelves so I can put all the Genesis and Master System games and everything. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I need, I need
1: shelves here. This is from Timmy Johnson. Timmy! When is a good time to give up on the hobby because resellers or newbies are ruining it by being idiots?
0: <laughs> kind of a loaded question. It's a
1: harsh question, yeah. It's kind of harsh. I think the time for you is now. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you're not having fun at any time, get it, get out. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But I think there's a way to stay in retro video games without letting bad resellers or assholes get to you or is on certain websites. Um, there's always games you can get that are cheaper than others. NES has a lot of cheap good games. You want to go the flash cart route? I don't see anyone getting hurt, really. Go the flash cart route. You yeah. want to do that? Fuck it. Buy, 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 buy real hardware still.
1: Buy real hardware if you want to do that, but then hell, just buy some flash carts and have a ball. Stop worrying about the rising prices and use some of the options that are available to you. Uh, or yeah. or realize that you know while these games are getting scarcer in the market, um, to some degree, uh. I've seen a number of of customers at the store who have pretty interesting ways of doing it. Like, there's a guy who comes in, and he always comes in with one of those cases that holds like 17 or 20 games. Okay. And he only allows himself to have enough games to fill that case. And he's constantly swapping stuff out. And it's always a hard call for him. He brings it in, and he honestly makes the choice as to what he's going to trade in on the spot. What can he get rid of because he wants something else that I have in the case? Right. Knowing that... That's a little disciplined and extreme, but okay. But but he's also not buying a ton of rare sure. stuff. He's buying stuff he wants to play. So if he gets rid of that copy of Jackal because he wants to play Marble Madness, but he decides oh, he yeah, wants Jackal right. back later... Okay. I, yeah, I would keep Jackal. But I'm just saying as an example, it's not going to be impossible for him to get that copy of Jackal back into his box of 20.
0: Four and a half star game, according to a certain NES guy, Jackal.
1: Fantastic game.
0: Very, very fantastic Uh, Real quick. There's always ways to get games at a price you want. There are still fines at the swap meet. they are fewer and far between, but you got to get out there early. I understand it's regional. I understand that, you know, for a lot of people, you only go to swap meets maybe six, seven months out of the year. Instead of, fortunately, I can go almost 12. But I just went to the swap meet this past Sunday, and I found uh, some good deals. uh, I found good deals still. And I found uh, another collector finding really good deals still. And there's still thrift shops, and there's still still the best place. Yard sales, estate sales. Yeah. You can still hunt. get a list on Craigslist the week before. People will ever size it. Make a list. Put them in your GPS. Hit up eight, nine yard sales slash garage sales on a Saturday. You'll find something.
1: I'd also want to say this. Um, I think people need to, stop necess- they need to stop being so concerned about other people ruining their hobby. If you think other people are ruining it for you, jack out for a second and sit down and Do turn well. on the system that you play and play the games. Are you enjoying yourself? Then you're enjoying yourself. I I, I, I see a parallel here to something like anime fandom or fandom for a TV show. Um, a lot of that can get really tiresome and it can ruin your enjoyment for it. So you know what? Don't pay attention to it. Enjoy the actual product or the actual games or the actual show that you like without worrying about how other people are affecting it.
0: Go download Nesticle and get some ROMs and... Kick back. Fucking crack a beer. And just play. Pretend it's 1999 again with a testicle uh, cursor moving all, around the screen.
1: All bow to the fecal lord. That's right. The fecal <laughs> lord. That, that face. That's right.
0: That's why I love you, Ian. I forget sometimes why I hang around with you. Mm. It's time now for us to unbox the gifts you sent us. We haven't done this, I think, since like Christmas, right?
1: No, we did it once recently, I think. Oh. Do, do you want to talk about the, the stuff we get real quick or yeah I would like. I, I, we should and I don't know how to exactly say this um, I don't want anyone to think I'm coming across as an asshole um, asshole you. both Pat and myself I'll speak for Pat here momentarily oh, really really appreciate everything as a matter of fact it's kind of flooring that people feel the desire to uh, take the time to find us gifts that uh, you know we will enjoy and like and, and send them to us um the truth is as the podcast grows and we get more uh there's a couple things that I feel like uh, need to be taken into account. Um Pat and I both have some limited living space. Uh and we we do receive a lot. Um the other thing is uh we also have more than enough candy to probably last us the rest <laughs> of our lives. Um, and as much as I love candy, don't you ever get me wrong, and if you want to bring me candy at a convention, I'm gladly going to accept it when I probably need the sugar. Uh, I am I am actively trying not to eat so much garbage. You can't tell, but it's true. Fuck off. <laughs> and, and it's like dangling it in front of my face. Um, but what I want to say is this. I appreciate it, and I appreciate all the gifts. But I'm at a point in my life right now, and we kind of talked about it earlier, where where perhaps, I I can't speak for Pat, but I'm certainly trying to limit the physical things I take in, and I'm I'm going to just cut to the chase. I appreciate it greatly. I love getting letters. I love getting art, and I love getting cards. And that sort of stuff means the world to me when people write or, or create something for me Um, because they, they care about the show or what I have to say. But if you are ever in a position where you feel like you are going to spend money on me, I would kindly ask that you please donate it to the SPCA or a charity of your choice. And I picked the SPCA because my animals in my life have always been one of the most important things when it comes to helping my depression they're a huge gift to me and it would be a huge gift to me for people to help support those that have not found homes so i would kindly ask that when it comes to material items um that that would cost money um please donate it to someone or something or an animal in need all right well we're starting on a high note but uh I would. <laughs> I would it well, well, I don't know what you wanted me to say. I mean, oh, no. we, ta- we talked was, about this earlier. Well, we could have done it afterwards,
0: but yeah, that's fine. I, I sort of brought it upon us to do it first.
1: Yes. So yeah, uh, the candy
0: thing is just uh, the, the candy is great. I just can't eat all the candy.
1: No, I just I, can't.
0: We're it's 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 hard to space it out without eating all of it. Yes. And then then you're eating the same chocolate for like uh, eight weeks in a row, and it's just like I want to try to be better. It's not helping. I know you, you want to front me up, which is fine. It, it's just like, I just want to be better. In terms of everything else, the, the problem with getting a lot of this stuff, and I, I'm not, I, 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 yes, donation is great. Uh, if, I, if I had to pick a place if you want to donate to, I would do the World Wildlife Fund. World Wildlife Fund's a great organization. I've donated to them in the past. The new WWF, yes. and they're all about animal uh, conservation, helping uh, endangered species. Um, they're a very good organization Check look at out.
1: us both can't relate to humans who are saying give the money well, to animals
0: animals are so much better than people um, but if you hear me if you hear me talking about something maybe that i don't have or want it, you can get in touch with me and say hey pat i have this and then you can ask me if, if you want to send it right for example like that I, that I prefer versus sending me stuff that i hate to say it if you send me
1: something that's cool i may not ever use it potentially i received a record from someone the other day or uh, about a couple months back and it meant a lot to me um but they contacted me and they said, hey I've got this that I'd like to send you is that okay yeah it is and I, it's like I, I, I'm not I'm not anti the gifts I appreciate them greatly but um I don't know like Pat says it's something that can be worked out in private there are definitely situations where that that's awesome I, yeah it's just it, it it's it I guess uh, it gets to be a little overwhelming sometimes
0: like I love I loved when someone sent Ian, Big Trouble, Little China, on Blu-ray. After he said he never saw it, so he could watch it. Thanks, Pat. You've seen
1: it, right? No, Pat.
0: Okay, let's go to our first gift. <laughs> <It's> from- <laughs> ah, levity. This is from uh, Jesus. These are long. I have to skim some of these letters. I'm sorry, I'll be here forever. This is from Patrick Wiebold. He gave us most stuff. Here you go. Here you go. Ian. You got two things. Oh, neat. Star Wars stuff. You got that, and you got this, dear Patney. No dessert, uh. No, no, de- no desert girada this time. Oh, he spelled it uh, desert durata. Okay, Oh, he had a long one this time. Okay, remember that. Okay, uh, my favorite po- favorite moment from the podcast was when Pat said, "That's called e begging," and Ian responded, "They can e filate me." I was still trying to use <laughs> e filate me in a normal conversation. Next, Pat, you're crazy. Ian is right on the cover bears. Undercover bears were amazing. Yeah, and,
1: undercover bears were delicious. That's the oatmeal with the fruit snacks. Finally,
0: names. I will be first in line for past directorial release of Mask. You walked that f in line, Ian Mask was great.
1: <laughs> 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 Thanks so, for entertainment. Keep up the good work. So this is pretty fantastic uh, because I, Vegas. I love LCD games. Uh, it's a Star Wars Imperial Salt game where it looks like uh, I play as a Tie Fighter and shoot down X Wings. Oh, and, it's- and it comes with a little Darth Vader joystick to screw into it. Oh my! Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's. It's just a modern. Uh, that's pretty damn badass. Are these yeah. Modern? I think these have to be modern.
0: And and he sent me. And by the way, he's uh. 1997. Oh. No, it's not modern. By the way, and he can't wait for his copy of Ultimate Nintendo to arrive. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Uh, no, I was gonna say these aren't these aren't new. They don't make these anymore. No. Me,
1: do they? I don't believe. Uh, so. Mine's
0: Mine's got a 3D like like super scope gun or uh, an actual super scope gun. That it's like. <laughs> it's actually you can shoot.
1: That you awesome. see that? It's yeah. a gun you can shoot. That's very cool.
0: This will be this will be perfect for, for Ian's happy handhelds. Yeah, and fortunately, at least here, batteries are included.
1: I got batteries too. So thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Patrick's are the best. I think. What was the second? Oh, you got a trivia box too. Yes, I did get a trivia box, and I'm generally. Uh, good at trivia so it'll be fun to, to see how well I can do it. so
0: what did Frankie in Massachusetts get us you got a six of something Which
1: Frankie we- in Massachusetts uh, is a good listener because I think I've only mentioned this shit once you mentioned it once but you you it I, I did effilate it uh Sent us six bottles of polar seltzer water and, and various flavors. And various flavors. And Pat and I will have to fight over who gets what. There was I the, uh, think there was like black cherry, peach.
0: There was, there was pomegranate, which I I want one of that. Either pomegranate. You can or take black the cherry. pomegranate. That's we want fine.
1: Pomegranate. Uh, this is um, this is very special sauce right here. Uh, <laughs> it is probably the best seltzer water you can get. It is completely unsweetened. There is no artificial sweetener. But whatever flavoring they use, uh. This is uh, better than pop to me. Uh, they, they make a, an orange cream. I, I'm not sure if it was in the box, but if you ever see the orange cream, uh, you, you should probably try that. A oh, water? That's orange cream? Yeah, and uh, this is uh, basically only available in the Northeast. So I'm actually very excited about this, and I will pour myself exactly one shot a day until it's all gone.
0: <laughs> okay, so Zach sent us his copy of Danny Silva's Indie Heat <laughs> Complete in Box to sign. Now we were going back and forth because he insists we sign the box art. And I I wanted to only sign the game. Uh so if he wants the box art signed, we oh, sign the God. box art. Oh, what what do you guys think in the comments below? Should we sign?
1: You do what he wants you to do. But but it's it's a hard to find box. You do what he wants you to do. Okay,
0: we'll do that. But he was also nice enough to, to send me a Mario pixelated on the mug. Oh, that's very cute. Very frosty. Yeah. Little thing there, that's adorable and actually. And I'll find the letter and I'll read it later because uh, I don't know what happened. It must have dropped out when uh, I was getting this
1: stuff. Uh, okay, what do you got? What do you got next? All right, we have two blue bags here. Uh, one is for moi, and one is for you.
0: Now this guy gave Frank stuff, and I remember I had to partition it out.
1: Ian, Mike and I wanted to thank you for the countless hours of entertainment you and Pat have provided. We have learned a lot from you that has helped us in our own sales. Oh, sweet. We heard you are a Dungeons & Dragons fan and wanting to get back into gaming so I made this dice. Oh, that's fucking cool! Uh, This dice bag for you. The purple one is for you since I heard that is your favorite color. We also included a dice bag for your mother so maybe you can get your parents involved too. My mom and dad do play Dungeons & Dragons regularly on a schedule now. Oh, nice. Now see, this is awesome. So this is stuff that you love this sort of... look at yeah, that. this is like... This is awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. And there's dice in it, too. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And this one's for my mom, and I will be sending it to her. Actually, I'll just take it
0: home to her. Okay. This is uh, the first line, is down the same as yours. They're going to be a- attending Russia Blues in, in Houston, Texas in April as vendors. We look forward to meeting you there. Uh, you mentioned you love GoGo13. What the... So we're including a Gogo 13 hat for you that Jennifer designed and made.
1: What? Oh, my God.
0: That's awesome. We hope you like it. We look forward to seeing you in April. Oh, my God. This is the, the Japanese writing of Gogo 13.
1: Yes. On the front. That's really, really cool. Fuck this. Fuck this shit. I'm going to start wearing beanies. Looks good on you,
0: son. Oh, Jesus Christ. I like that. It's my new look. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. That's really, really cool. Mike and Jennifer, P.S., we are including our business card. More re- uh, Jennifer's retro creations we found on Etsy. So check out uh, it's Etsy Etsy slash Set X Nerdery S E T X Nerdery. Also on Facebook. Thank you very much. That's that 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 is very rad. Real quick, our pals at Crick com, the guys who make the Everdrive, right? He's guy. Oh, the guy. Well, he was cool enough to send me an NES Everdrive. A review sample. So this is the NA, and you have this, and this is a cool one.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. You can, I, I have it, and it works beautifully. You have
0: a custom loading screen. You put your own text on, right? You can. I believe edit. so. I
1: haven't even messed with any of that. I just know that it's a it's a fantastic. So, so
0: really, before this, there was only the retro USB one. Yeah, yeah you got this one, which just came and sort of plugged that hole. Because I don't know if uh, Brian makes them anymore.
1: I don't or, think so. And those use compact flash, wires. these use SD cards. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. This uses SD.
0: Okay, there's pros and cons of both of them, but. I will definitely use a a folder just for Play the Punk Challenge. Maybe I'll do that going forward. So thanks uh, very much. What do you got?
1: Uh, A small envelope, and it is for... To Ian, please accept this coin as a reminder of the dangers of greed and lust for material <laughs> possessions—a lesson Scrooge McDuck learned the hard way as he spiraled into insanity with gold fever. I have taken note of your comments about collecting to extreme levels and have applied some of the same philosophies to the betterment of my own life. Best, Mike F. The Treasure of the Golden Suns. This is so awesome! I designed this coin using 3D software and is available for 3D printing in a variety of materials on www.shapeways.com. This is from DuckTales. This is this is really really cool
0: to Pat and Ian from Erica and this is something we've gotten before that you took all the last ones so I definitely want a couple of these oh the, the green tea Kit Kats Creek green, green tea Kit Kats yeah
1: so. you, you can take, I mean they're delicious
0: so thank you very much trying to front me up out there <laughs> they like you chubby they like chubby Pat Okay. Uh, hey Pat, hi Ian sending a few fun things your way as a thank you for all the inter- entertaining content I know you said no more candy. But trust me, these are the <laughs> best. They don't care. They want us they want us fat and happy. The koozies are my favorite. Oh, there's oh oh there's koozies. I like koozies. Alright, you take a look, see what's there while I read this. Uh they fit over anything, including water bottles. Oh, ooh, if you don't happen to drink. Mm. Smiley face. Pat, congrats on the book. Thank you, Erica. That is an awesome accomplishment and, and I can't wait to get mine. Uh maybe I'll eventually make it to a con to get it signed. So thanks again. Enjoy this stuff and keep making great content. Thanks. So what type of, what type of koozies do we have?
1: Well, you you get a shark tube one because what? I can only assume that shark the shark tube. I can only assume that the peanuts one would be. I would assume that's would for, be for me. <laughs> and then there are lots of uh, different like stickers uh, and beer stuff uh, in here, like Bell's oh. Point stickers. Okay. And Sierra Nevada stickers. We'll go through it later. Okay, no, that's I will, very cool.
0: I will definitely put. This is going to be a hard stretch over the, over my water bottle, but I'll try to make it work, Erica. You'll do it. Shut out, Alright, what's next?
1: Hello, Pat. Here's a special gift for you. I've been waiting wanting to send it to you a gift for a long time, oh. but I wanted what I could possibly give to you that you didn't already have. My wife painted this for me as a gift for my man cave and I love it. I asked my wife if I could send this to you and maybe you can mention her name as an artist. Her name is Rosita Bonita. Wow. I hope this painting finds a home somewhere in your punk effect home. I enjoy and support all your stuff and I look forward to your new book. Thanks and love and cheers. Hector Linko, Hector. P.S. Enclosed are two CDs from my old record label. Enjoy. Oh. These are for you. Okay, well...
0: You want the CDs or something? Oh, this is very nice. No, oh, that's
1: yours. And that's
0: a letter for you. Thank you. And, I, I can put that next to card. The, In the
1: card. Oh, what's next, dude? Uh, let's find out. Hello, Pat. Post Easter sale. I found some deeply discounted Cadbury cream eggs See at my it. local grocery oh. cool Uh, at my local grocery the eBay and Amazon prices on these indicate it might be worth sending them to you or maybe they are candy scumbag sellers driving up the price (laughs) I hope they didn't melt what could one man do with 50 Cadbury cream eggs besides gain weight? Share them, save them, or even resell them to the British folks who are stuck with the crappy new cut rate recipe version in the UK. Uh, that's right. They, their, their recipe changed. are stayed the same. Yep. Chocolate. Or try some of those online recipes for insane desserts and baked goods that use cream eggs for ingredients. There's uh. also something in the box for Ian. In total, this box should contain 50 cream eggs, two cold packs, a bag of things for Ian, also two clean scraps of cloth, just packing, but can be used for dusting. Thanks to you both for all your work, Karen. Karen?
0: (laughs) You know, I actually didn't buy Cadbury cream eggs this year because (laughs) I had them left over the fridge from last year I didn't finish.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, you're
0: getting some of those cream eggs. I'm not eating them (laughs) all. No, no. no. Holy shit. I'm trying to wean myself off of them. What do we got there? Cloth? What is it? Uh, Two cold packs. Oh, oh, cold packs. Cold packs to keep the... They keep in the fridge... I've eaten uh, Cadbury cream eggs that are two years old. That keep in the fridge. You're getting the other five uh, five packs in. Look at this. Look at look at this. These are the best candies in the world, right here, baby. Cadbury cream eggs, not the caramel eggs. No, you're keeping those. Okay. I'm not getting. I'm not getting. You think I want? I eat 50? Trying to. All these girls trying to front me up. What's going on?
1: <laughs> oh, she sent me stuff for Spike. Oh, okay. Now Sp- see. Like the kitty. For me, because you asked. You are a super cool dude. oh she made a donation to the SPCA. Oh, what? well, thank what? you, Karen. I appreciate that.
0: She's either sucking or saw you tweet about
1: it. I tweeted about it. Oh, well, so you yeah, made a... that's awesome. So, Kenny and, and ASPCA, and I, and I get kitty treats. Spike will be so happy. Ooh, that's good. We got him a new Mousie toy that he has to knock around and knock the treats out. It's cute because he doesn't really use his hands; he just pushes it around with his face until the treats fall out.
0: Sounds like he's a character of your own heart. <laughs> he is. This is from Amazon Fulfillment Center. They're a fan of the show. Uh, from David Schultz.
1: Wow. Oh. Gamer Going Gray, right? Yep.
0: I remember that name. This is... Uh, as soon as I saw that this was coming out, I knew you had to have it. Split it between you two best you can think. Enjoy. P.S. I miss the video game years. I don't. Um, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. This is a thing?
1: Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't played it, but I've been what? meaning to. What? So it's so you know like Skylanders and stuff like that. It's a game that you play, uh, but you build little Lego sets and it unlocks stuff in the game. Wait a second, what do you like this? Like it's a PS3, PS4, Xbox One, I believe, even perhaps Wii U game. You
0: build a Defender arcade unit, and there's a Spy Hunter interceptor car. And somehow you play these games? And you
1: put it on a portal, and yes, it unlocks stuff in the game.
0: And there's a gamer kit in the middle. Is there more than one of these? There's
1: about $500
0: worth of expansions you can buy for the game. I mean, How many of these sets do they have? A shitload. How do I not know? How have you not told me about this? Because you don't play anything
1: modern. These are Legos, goddammit. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. Well, it does, because you need the modern video game attached to it.
0: This is fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know how we're going to split this, but I want to buy the rest. On the, on the front, they have Rampage, uh, Sprint, Gauntlet, Joust. So you basically get the one game, and you get the third, and you get three games. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, uh, yeah, this is mine. Okay. <laughs> you have nothing to play it with, but fine. I want to build the damn. I want the Interceptor. <laughs> From Chris, out of Virginia. Whoa, there's, oh, there's some goodies. I'm assuming this is going to be for you.
1: Ooh. Oh, man, that's so cool.
0: I'm assuming this is for you. Nice. I'm assuming this is for you.
1: Yeah, okay. I need a VHS the VHS player. I, 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 I like, actually. On, no. I don't
0: know who this is for. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog on DVD, but you can take it for now. <laughs> I can give that to Vani. These are going to be for me, it looks like. There's no card. Oh, there's a card. Oh, there's a... This is what I like, people. Short notes. <laughs> Here is, a bu- Here is a candy-free gift box Thank you Of my favorite uh, podcasters the, the bag is for Pat And the rest is for Ian What bag? Was uh, there a bag? bag? Oh, this is a bag Okay Oh, shit That fell on the floor uh, P.S. When is Ian going to tell more stories About ranch dressing and racist
1: Never! <laughs> so what do you got, Ian? Uh, so, uh, a, a, a sealed copy Sealed Of uh, uh, oh, Crystal Caliburn like um, By Little Wing um, I don't you may have even played this uh, there's a company called Little wing that made a bunch of in the day they were considered probably the most accurate PC pinball games that you could get okay. um, they did one called Pinball Tristan first uh, which was which emulated an electromechanical mechanical machine and then one of their most popular ones was uh, Crystal Caliburn um, they went on to make a bunch more I actually have these on my phone and still play them to this day I first played this on my uncle's computer back in like the early 90's this is really freaking cool um, and then I got a bunch of. Uh, I got a boy named Charlie Brown on VHS, a You're in Love Charlie Brown, and Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog on DVD. And with these additions, I now officially need a VHS player. You don't and have one? No. You can find the I, swap I don't know if I told you. Uh, my buddy gave me a sealed copy of Bloodsport on VHS the other day. I want
0: to see if it has that, that deleted little tidbit I told you. Right, about. right, right,
1: right. <laughs> uh, and
0: I got from Chris, thanks a lot. A polar art of gimmick from Mr. Gimmick.
1: We got cute again! Oh, that's super adorable.
0: <laughs> he's going to be a new mascot. I guarantee you he's going to be a new mascot. Sorry, Goomba. And, since I had the Mario ones, that was sent the one time. Looks like some uh, Pac-Man sleeper pants. Oh, those are nice. Oh, these are nice.
1: Oh, those are probably very comfortable.
0: I should do a photo shoot in, like, all my sexy uh, video game outfits. He'll okay. gobble your dots. <laughs> thank you very much this is fantastic Chris this is from Eric from Burbank California let's say like a record or art there's a couple of records okay this is a long letter I'm gonna try to condense oh my god this is so fucking cool uh, my name is Eric I produce my own web series dedicated to music on vinyl called vinyl rewind uh, NES punk was certainly one of my early influences thank you uh, I've also grown to love the podcast I enjoy all the topics you cover well, sometimes I skip past the wrestling segments, but I do enjoy Pat's YouTube Insight. It's proven very valuable for my channel. Thank you. Uh, please enjoy the gifts. The Queen record is for Pat. He got me... Uh, which which one is this? Uh, jazz, which is, I think, their third or fourth album. Nice. Um, and then... Uh, da, 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 and Ian gets a Bach record.
1: Uh it's, really- it's not just any Bach. It's switched on Bach, which is uh famous. It's an excellent album. I actually don't own it. Um it's Bach all done with modular synthesizers. So I do not
0: actually own a phonograph. So I'll have to have Ian play my Queen album sometime. We'll do Queen Knight. I
1: think I have a couple Queen albums, so right, we'll yeah, we, we, Queen we can Knight. do
0: that. Um but uh, on occasion I do a segment called Mixing with the Greek. Uh or I pair a cocktail recipe with an album review episode. I enclose some swizzle sticks that I recently had made into time with, sh- with the show. So he has custom swizzle sticks, which I did not know was a thing. Oh, these
1: are super cool. <laughs>
0: there's, like, there's like 20 in here.
1: That's, That's awesome.
0: Because th- it has his show name on it and a record on top. This is great. I actually really want to check this out. Good way to market your show. Yes. Get a cheap plug while still having fun. These are really uh, nicely done swizzle sticks. Um, I have a few questions for the, for the Q&A. How do you balance Pat with the punk? We're, we're one that was like a split personality. Off and off camera conventions. conventions. Uh, then there's a uh, there's a time travel question that's really long, so I'm sorry we're not able to get to it. Um, and, oh, he has an invitation to us, though, to come on the show and talk about music he shoots near Dodger Stadium. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that. very cool. I would definitely do that. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Eric. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks. I've been meaning to get that so, album forever, legitimately. So like, he
0: gave us a mix mat. Mix mat. Those, those are, which, are slip mats. Uh, <coughs>
1: I'm just saying, if you don't know what a slip mat, it says
0: is. mix mat. Yeah. Well, that's a oh, custom accessories, Okay. Uh, so yeah, you can hold on to that one too. So I don't have it right now. Sweet. I'll have to get one now. Frank doesn't. Even, does Frank? I think Frank might have one. The long ass letter. Okay. My name is Chris. This is from Chris. Oh, oh, I know who this is. I'm Chris. I bought the Sega CD from you back at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. So real quick, someone sold me a box Sega CD in the box, Model yes. 1, that I wanted. And I thought I'd be getting yours, so I sold it to him, because he really wanted it. I figured, oh, I'll just get the one at Ian, since I thought it was more complete. It wasn't. So I still don't have a Model 1 Sega CD in the box. Um, been a fan, was a huge fan of video games, also a big movie bust. I noticed that you and Ian are missing out on some quality films over the past years, so I put in a film for each of you. I put in... Uh, Graham Budapest Hotel by Wes Anderson for Ian it's supposed to be a good one. Oh, I don't think I I, I, I haven't seen that one
1: no I have not seen that one and
0: John Wick for Pat which is supposed to be really good they're making a sequel I've heard it's, it's really, good. really good Yeah. which is what Keon was kind of based on that new Keon Peele movie they have to say their little cat oh okay um and then we have a bunch of candy sour punches oh I do like sour punches uh, I'll, I'll try lie. a couple I'm not okay. gonna lie there's a bunch in here we'll split them up uh, there's like, like a few different flavors, green apple there's some aqua and orange or red or something uh, I've attached a couple of questions oh come on, you're putting us to the spot all right. he tried to give us french pastries, they melted that's okay uh, Chris, he put he put his full name afterwards said, please don't say my full name, just my first name <laughs> <laughs> just for future reference, you don't put the name at all because you read in order usually yeah. so I would have just, if I didn't see the parentheses first afterwards, I would have said his full name Okay, I'll answer one of your questions. I'll be fair. Is there a console that you think is misunderstood and hated, but you ha- you love it a lot? For me personally, it's a Sega CD. For you? No, that's what he said.
1: Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I'm on the spot. I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, we failed you there.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I'll put it this way um, I don't like the system Because of it, it, it hurts me um, But I do think the Virtual Boy Actually has a number Of really good games on it I just don't uh, want to deal With the hardware to play a, with A
0: number being two Okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> It was an answer and Maybe three Alright
0: well thanks Chris Appreciate it So uh, We do appreciate the gifts Even with Ian's uh, Monologue at the beginning uh, you asked for it. I did ask for it. We should have waited till the end. So yeah, if you want to send us stuff, feel free. We just maybe get in touch in for, uh, first. Yeah. we don't have a lot of room for stuff. Uh, candy is appreciated, but you're frumping us up. You're frumping yeah. me up. You're not. You're don't take that the wrong way. Don't I fucking take...
1: adore candy.
0: I, I like Cadbury cream eggs. Fifty is a lot of Cadbury
1: cream. Eggs. I'm going to do what she suggested, and I'm going to find clever ways to bake with them. They they, they do have
0: recipes for for cakes. Oh okay, I have seen those before. I will do Or, that. or wait till Alley visits, and we give all to Alley in, in in the fall. We frump
1: up Alley. Fr- Allie, Allie, Allie,
0: we'll can- Allie. Allie needs some frumping up. We frump up Alley. Allie needs some frumping. But if you want to send us stuff, it's a See You Podcast, Care Country PO Box seven six nine five, San Diego, California nine two one six seven. Th- the hat's awesome though. The hat. I wish I had winters here. And then my head's sweating, but uh, I love it's the hat. Great.
1: You should just deal with
0: it. Just deal with it. Uh, but thanks a lot. This is fun. Uh, we're getting out of here. It's almost a three-hour podcast because of the unboxing. And uh, uh, we, Ian, Ian has a Patreon to help support the podcast that he's doing writing for every now and then. Right? Supports both of us. Supports both of us. It does, but it helps. Yeah. It, it helps with your taxes. Uh, <laughs> so it's patreon.com slash pixelsickle. I have my own Patreon for NES Punk and Ask Frank and other goodies. And check out ultimatenes.com if you want to uh, pre-order the physical book or the digital version's out and it's just about it is done what am I talking about so for Ian Ferguson goodbye I'm Pat Contry now we'll say goodbye 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 my head's sweaty